There we go. Oh, look at that. Going live. And hey. You're live. Hey, hey. We did it. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, you Here know what I'm going to do? Are. I'm going to do. I'm going to take my mic. Okay. And I'm going to move it to this side since I'm going to be facing you. Well, there you go. To talk about stuff. Awesome. There we go. There we go. Hello. Hi, everybody. And we're live. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 313. Holy cats. That's amazing. Oh, wait. We need to get something. What am I going to take? I'm going to take. I'm going to take this one. You take that one? I'm going to take that one. All right. Uh, Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Prost. Slauncha. All the good all the good ones, right? Welcome to Talking Heads, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. Well, that's not bad, and I'm Joel. Yeah. You, you might know this guy. We've been uh, we've been having some fun over the last You're couple in my of days. town, man. That's right. That's You're in my town, so I had to bring you to one of my favorite places to have a beverage, yeah, the this... Ridgecrest Public House in shoreline washington this is one of joel's hangs this is this is nice i like this this is this is pretty good and yeah. part of the reason why it's so good oh yeah you got is is these yeah. these are garlic knots with some cheese and they're wonderful yes absolutely wonderful what's <laughs> up <laughs> what john. oh john hey i'm joel I follow you on Twitter. Well, fantastic. <laughs> Look at that. So the net guy shows up. <laughs> we just started the stream. So uh, welcome, welcome. Ah, welcome. Yeah. Feel free to grab a beverage. Yes. We got some garlic knots. Yeah. So we're just going to sit here and hang out. Uh, yeah. So, Joel, we've been we've been hanging out the last couple of days. A couple of days, yeah. Yep. Uh, I think we can share what we're doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Of course we can share what we've been doing. We've yeah. been knitting sweaters for homeless cats. Yes. Yeah. There, there's a... <laughs> it's crazy how much the tech and beer sector intersect with the sweater knitting sector and the uh, homeless cats. Homeless cats, um, yeah. it, It's funny, though. Like, you would think those Venn diagram circles don't intersect much, but they almost overlap. There, there, there's this narrow, yeah. They almost overlap. Yeah, yeah. They're not even circles at that point. Yeah, it's just one giant circle. It's just one, it's a. It's one indeterminate line going off into infinity. Bring my tech skills, your 3D printing skills together to knit sweaters. It, you'd be, I can... I can knit a sweater. Yeah. I mean, I can't really, but for the for the for the sake of this conversation, I am a mad sweater knitter. So what are we really doing? Uh, I'm building Joel a storage server for his workflow, and uh, we did some uh, really cool collaborations. You'll see the videos both on Joel's channel and on my channel. We're both posting one. We're doing uh, a proper co uh, collaboration too, because right. we're doing part A in my channel, my studio, my stuff, yep. and then part B is there so you can't get the full story without watching both pieces of content and that's exactly. a proper collaboration that's how you do it you don't just let the big guy take all of your views you got to keep some of them for yourself all of them yeah right. all three yeah all three yeah. no wait the net guy's here four mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't see you bringing any fans here <laughs> i uh i rarely i rarely go out people don't expect it yeah yeah well i i still only gave three hours notice and and people are uh, uh, still at work. I don't know. Uh -huh. mm, okay, I'm gonna have one of these. Mm -hmm. These are really good. So yeah, a storage server for my editing needs. Mm -hmm. uh, my current solution isn't the best, and uh, Jeff reached out to 45 Drives, yep. and uh, we put together a plan of action. Yes, and I think it came together very very well. I'm happy with it. Yeah, I, I I'm thrilled with the way it turned out. 
you'll see that soon. Uh, so plan for tonight. Uh, like I said, Joel, normally this uh, channel, we hang out, we drink beer, we talk about tech news. But uh, it's like I do that, too, but just not on YouTube. Right. <laughs> what I found over the years is December, it's always slow for tech news. Oh, for tech news, not for drinking beer. But not for drinking beer. No, no, no. That, it, that actually ramps up quite significantly during the holidays. Uh, but, uh, you know, AMD and Intel both had events, or Intel, I guess, is having their, their server event tomorrow. We did talk a little bit about the AMD stuff this last week. But uh, tonight, I just kind of want to open the floor. Normally, I've got, you know, uh, a fellow Linux or, or tech channel next to me. I've got the 3D printing nerd. Let's, let's open the floor. 3D printing to... is tech channels. That's my hot take. It, it was. Um, it ooh. is a tech channel. Mm. Yeah. Let's see, it was, um, was it Marquez? He said, give me your tech or your, your, your YouTube hot take or whatever. And I was uh -huh. like, 3D printing channels are tech channels, mm -hmm. just like cars, phones, and laptops and cameras. Yes. Not, every, not everybody sees it that way. Mm -hmm. No. Which is fine. I mean, those people are wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we could open it up, yeah. get some conversation going. Yeah. See what what do you guys want to talk about? Um, Yo, know, I want to talk about how you almost didn't make it. I almost you didn't almost make it. went that's, up in flames. That's very true. This is very true. Um, so I have a 2013 Dodge Ram, and uh, it has been basically maintenance free in the entire time that I've owned it. Uh, about two years or so. Uh, changed the oil regularly. When I first bought the truck, um, I had the whole thing gone through tip to tail. Uh, it, it has fresh fluids in everything. I, I did differential. I did radiator flush. I did literally if there was a bolt that could come out and some liquid inside, that bolt came off. The fluids were done, washed, cleaned, prepped, put back together. You did all the maintenance that they tell you to do. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, the truck had about 120,000 miles on it. So it was, it was due for that anyway. Uh, but since then, I fed it gas and oil changes and tires. And that's all you really have to do as long as you maintain everything. Consumables. Right. Uh, so it's been a fantastic truck. Uh, until uh, I crossed the bridge from Oregon into Washington, literally as soon as I hit Vancouver on the way up here. That's a harrowing experience in itself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was already on edge. Uh, but as soon as I hit Vancouver... Um, I was, uh, on the freeway doing, you know, 75 as one does. And all of a sudden the car, the truck started shaking like violently, um, like bad enough. I thought I had broken a lug and I was about ready to lose a wheel. That's pretty, that's like, it that's was fantastic. that kind of yeah. a shake. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, what was that? And so I instantly fly over to the, to the right lane and, uh, slow down to about 60 and kind of reassess and it, it smoothed out. That's good. And I went, well, yeah. that was weird, but I need to pull over and check that. So I push the gas a little bit, and it shakes again on me. And I go, ah! Uh, and so my head immediately goes, okay, I don't think it's mechanical. No, no, it didn't sound mechanical. It didn't sound mechanical. No, no, no. I went, I think this is ignition. Uh, you know, you need three things to make an engine go. You need, you need air. Hope, love, need, and prayer. Hope, yeah. No, no, different things. You, you need air, you need fuel, you need spark. Um, I know I had air because that's the easy one. Sure. Uh, but uh, <sighs> either either I didn't have fuel or I didn't have spark, and there was something not not 
causing the engine to rotate further. Uh, so pull off the road, check all my tires, check, you know, underneath the car. Did I, you know, did I throw a cap off the drive shaft or, you know, something weird? Because it was that kind of violent shake. Everything checked out. Got back on the road and did the same thing. Got back off the road a mile later. Um, ended up stopping by a friend of the channel, uh, Cosworth. Uh, he actually lives in uh, on the route on I-5 between Vancouver and Seattle uh, and uh, is has a fairly well-equipped shop. And so I swung by his house, hooked it up to a diagnostic, and uh, I have a little OBD2 reader, but it didn't give me any codes. His shot out uh, that I had a pending Cylinder 8 misfire. Uh, pending? Pending. Like precog? Uh like that Tom Cruise movie. It has to happen enough times for it to actually register on your dash. Mm. Uh, it, oh, there's a threshold. Right. Okay. Well, one misfire isn't going to do it. It's like, ah, I missed a spark, right? You know, whatever else. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, so it's got to do it a number of times before it actually registers as an error on your dummy light. Okay. Uh, that error threshold hadn't been hit yet. Oh. But I had a pending code, which I you do. can read with the reader. Oh, uh, uh, okay. I get so it. I get it. at that point, we had established, okay. It's just no spark. So I'm not going to blow up the car if I keep driving. Because at that point, I was afraid I was going to have to turn around or get an Uber home, you know, tow it or something. That's always the scary bit. And I was halfway between home and Seattle. So it's like either I'm going to break down in Tacoma or I'm going to break down in downtown Portland. Uh, <laughs> neither one good option. Uh, so uh, managed to limp the truck all the way here. Uh, found a mechanic a block from Joel's shop mm -hmm. who used to be a Dodge certified mechanic at one of the dealerships knows the Hemi engine inside and out. I told him what the code was and he goes, Oh yeah, it's either your coil or it's, it's your plugs or some combination. It, it's just the ignition system. And, uh, uh, and I said, okay, well, here's the deal. I'm in town for two days. I'm leaving. <laughs> Thursday. If I drop it off tomorrow morning, can you get it done tomorrow? He goes, oh yeah, parts are ordered, drop it off at 9. I pick the car up at 3. Done. It, that's just brilliant. Yeah. Man. I love how that worked out. Yeah, he, he not only did that, he test drove it. Jeff's mic loved. Flipped outward. Oh, it is. Okay. It is flipped outward. There we go. Problem is my jacket's flipped outward. So. Oh, see? Just yeah. to... Well, if I zip up a little more, then I can do this number. There See, we if go. You, if you put it right here. Yeah, if you do that. Kind of, yeah. There we go. Uh, so not only did he order the parts, take my truck on you know less than 12 hours notice, uh, he also took it out for a test drive this morning, recreated the issue, knew exactly what it was, knew how to test for it, got it swapped out. That sounds like a good mechanic. Yeah. And didn't over didn't want to didn't go like oh let's do all of your spark plugs and all the wires and all just went like here's your exact problem I'm gonna replace these two spark plugs this cable and this coil done that's perfect yep. man yeah three hundred bucks I got a uh, I have a working truck again working truck you can yeah. make it home no and that, it's important though that you yeah. got it fixed yeah and it was really cool that you got it fixed so fast yeah so close so conveniently mm -hmm. I don't think. I don't think this story ends the same way without those things coming together, without no, that fruition. Th there, were, there were so many things that led up to this happening. Not only is that guy a block away, he happens to be a good mechanic. He happens to know that Hemi engine inside and out. That's crazy. Um, I happen to have a friend along the road here that happened to have not only the tools, but diagnostic equipment 
to be able to tell me what the issue was, to tell me if I could even continue on the journey or if I had to tow it somewhere. Can you imagine what my tow bill would have been for over 100 miles? That depends. Are you a member of AAA? I am not. Oh, then a lot. A it lot. would have been a lot of money. Yeah. Do you like sours? I love sours. This is a huckleberry sour. Ooh. I would like you to take a sip of that. Oh, yes, sir. Wow. Uh huh. Uh huh. We're going to talk about the beers in a second. <laughs> is that not enjoyable? That is. It is super tart, very rich, but without without approaching like syrupy or artificial sweetener or any of those kind of things right. that I get in some sours. That is straight up. It's like candy. It's like candy. It's like if you, what I like to say is uh, there are certain things that are spicy just to be hot. Yeah. And there are certain things that are spicy, but the spice contributes to the flavor. Yes. The sour contributes to the huckleberry flavor. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's a fantastic descriptor I'm on that. I'm really happy I picked that because mm -hmm. typically the sours that I've had in the past are either just a little bit too sour or are, um, you know, syrupy fruit forward. Right, sort of right. Stuff. But this doesn't suffer any of those problems. And, right. And uh, I could, like, I could drink more than just this of this. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, oftentimes, uh, like, I I've had a couple strawberry sours where you can tell they use like a, a strawberry puree that was artificially back sweetened or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and it that comes across in your in your beer, in your final product. That's delicious. Mm -hmm. That is super good. And that's not to say that those other sours aren't necessarily bad. It's just that's not the flavor that I want. Correct. Correct. Uh, so let's see. Uh, I've, I've got the menu over here in between uh, pictures of us being vain. <laughs> Uh, so you got the Huckleberry Sour. Where sour, is that? it's going to be over there, on, under other. Under other. Oh, there we go. Uh, so that is from... Paradise Creek Brewing Huckleberry Pucker. Four and a half percent. It doesn't taste, it's not heavy on the alcohol. No, it's, it's not a real heavy, heavy hitter at all. Uh, I am currently sipping on an old schoolhouse brewing uh, Brewers Reserve Double IPA, nine point three percent. Are you a fan of IPAs? Uh, I love IPAs. There you May go. I? Please, okay. please. Ooh, yeah. Yep. It's a nice crisp double IPA. That's it's it's very crisp, but that's that's the type of IPA you want in the winter. You know, when yeah. the sun sets at three thirty. Yeah. You want something that's a bit malt forward mm -hmm. and but but still has that ipa bite to it yeah this, it's not it's not this isn't that oily super. clingy ipa no no that you no. that you can get in a lot of double ipas and i love those double ipas i i love you know some block 15 sticky hams or you know stone fear movie lions or you know <laughs> you know ipas like if that you, if that, you want a double ipa any stone is going to be a fine choice yes really yeah. i mean <laughs> but I still i still have i have in my closet, aging, uh, some 2012 stone double bastard. Wow. I might send one home with you. That might be fun. <laughs> I, I might have to take you up on that. This is fun. And yeah. what's really nice about this, uh, I'm known for 3D printing, mm -hmm. obviously. Right, right. Obviously. It's in the, it's in the name. Uh, but I, I, I love a good beer. Yeah. Uh, I love different types of foods. Um, I'm handy with woodworking and construction, and I have these other skill sets and these other passions. And 
uh, originally the start of 3D printing nerd was because I was a fan of 3D printing. And so mm -hmm. why wouldn't I call it 3D printing nerd? Right. But, you know, later on in life, you realize you pigeonhole yourself into a specific set of content, right. which isn't necessarily bad because now I've got to, I've been blessed at being able to experience ways in which 3D printing is uplifting other industries or being a Absolutely. part of other things because it's it's such a, a cool manufacturing method and yeah. so you know that at some point 3d printing and beer is going to cross paths enough for me to make an episode on and that's going to happen uh do you know 45 drives uh they never like publicly released them but they made like 10 of them uh they made a beerinator they did what now they made a kegerator for your server rack. What? It's a for you server server that holds two pony kegs and a small refrigerator. And you can add taps to your server rack. <laughs> it should be on the bottom. You don't want that liquid above all of the rest of your components. Yeah, right? probably not. Yeah, probably not. But uh, they said they might be Re, uh, redoing a couple of those and possibly sending one out, possibly possibly doing a small batch release. So if anyone wants to buy one or something oh. like that. But uh, I imagine there may be some 3D printed components in there as well. Uh, that's I mean, really great. Yeah. Oh, you know, actually, that, that's actually a really good point because the HL15 that we're using for my storage solution mm -hmm. has a lot of 3D printing parts in it. Um, the cable management, the brackets that hold the fans in, uh, the sleds for the SSD, SSD drives, mm -hmm. um, all of these things are 3D printing, 3D printed uh, because it's, it's easy to do. It doesn't cost much and you can iterate on the design if you need to. And like you were saying, if you're going to mill it out of aluminum, there's a man cost and a machine cost and a raw material cost. Right. If you're going to injection mold this, there is a tool cost, which tool, is there's a tooling cost. extraordinary. There. Yeah. So it's it's a fantastic solution. I love that they're doing it, and it allows the community to augment or possibly upgrade the parts that are available to do added functionality within the case, which means then 45 drives can take that and include that as a standard offer. Right. So we do have a couple super chats. Uh, Kren sends over five Aussie bucks. Thank you so much, Kren. Uh, good day, mates. Uh, did you just did you just get day, mate? I did. Did you just get day, mate? I love it. He good day, mates. Oh, he did. He did good day, mates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, he, thanks. That Kren is a is a regular viewer. I usually get about five bucks a show from him, and uh, he sends me a good day. I said a good day back. Amazing. Yeah. So it, it, it's a great little back. And the Aussie back. word for McDonald's is Mackers. So you had a Mackers brekkie today. I did have a Mackers brekkie today. Uh, star wipe time. I don't know what that's referring to or what that means. Star wipe. Where, who said that? Star wipe time. Star wipe time. Well, I know that a long time ago when I was doing some live streams, we had threatened to do a star wipe dissolve between cameras. Ah. And so it could be that. Okay. It could be that, or it could just be, um, they are a fan of star wipes, which... There is no no harm in that. Yep. Absolutely not. Elmo sends over 10 bucks. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, first round's on me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, 
couple uh, couple longtime friends of the channel in the chat. There's uh, there's Colton over at Hardware Haven. Hello, Colton. There's, Hi, Colton. There's Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Uh, we got Skull. Uh, hey, Skull. One of my longest time supporters. Mods on both the Discord and on YouTube. So thank you, Skull, for doing your thing. Hey, the net guy right over there. We got net guy right, right over there. there. That's right. <laughs> Live and in studio, as it were. <laughs> uh... Yeah, let's see. Uh... Veronica, viva la star wipe. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm just going to drink the rest of this sour now because I think that's what I should do. Yeah, Veronica has a fantastic channel. Uh, Linux-based, old-school tech. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Veronica, remind me to uh, subscribe. Yeah, I, I will remind you to subscribe. Okay, good. She, she's good, got good. an awesome channel. So, it, it, I, I think you would dig her stuff. I do like cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, I gotta, I gotta dig more into these. Yeah, pretzels. you gotta, you gotta dig in, man. Yeah, this is when it's okay to eat on stream. Typically, That's I right. don't. Typically, I don't. But when I'm at the bar, like I'm not gonna not. <laughs> and if I'm not gonna not eat, I'm not gonna not drink too. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are good. These are amazing. Uh oh. I think we're gonna have to do more of these. We both took a bite at the same time. I know. <laughs> That's a stream faux pas right there. <laughs> this is fun, man. Yeah. Well, I, let's talk. I know. I know some tech stuff. Is there? Is there any tech news? I mean, we're so close to Christmas. CES. What is have coming you seen? What, what's What's interesting to you? We got We got that guy here as oh well. Gosh, what? So much going on. Yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Did you? Okay. Like okay. I said, we've we've got Intel and AMD both both are posting like their server stuff, AI stuff. Um, and I covered the AMD stuff last week. I can't cover the Intel stuff because uh, their event is tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Ether Light. Oh, that's right. They did a they did a little advertisement slash short form. Video with two B-list celebrities. Oh right, that's right. So on here you say, oh yeah, the ad was. Let's say I want to know where the desk phone is connected to, and he uh, hit a button on his mobile device, and then the port that the desk phone is plugged into on the switch lit up. Okay. No. Nice. See, I thought nice. I thought they were going to go the augmented route, where he would then show. He would he would look with. They already uh, have the augmented. Well, I know they have. Yeah, it, yeah. So I thought that's what they were leaning into. But now it lights up too. Nice. So there's that. I like that as a better option. I, I honestly do. Than, Which one? Uh, the the lighting up the port. Well, yeah. I mean, the the augmented is really cool. Taking your camera and being able to like, where's that cable? I, I like port? that. I like that. But you know, if you can RGB anything, you should mm -hmm. absolutely. Like you could play a game like uh, Press Your Luck, where. You know, big bucks, no whammies, and it has the different lights going across the switch. Do, 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 do. Yeah, if yeah. you hit a whammy, it fries itself. <laughs> that's what we need. If you hit a whammy, it it uh, does a mem wipe on the on the switch. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> or that port's invalid. Whoever's connected there. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. No, not anymore. You just lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it. Uh, green sends over five bucks. Thank you very much. Uh, green, thank you. I smell a PC chassis collaboration. I know Jeff's been working on cooking some stuff up. Um, what do you got in mind? Um, I'm working on designing an all wood laser cut chassis. Okay. Uh, so basically, 
I want to be able to deliver a PC case in flat pack that you can assemble yourself. They had one of those at LTX, didn't they? Right. That there's been, uh, InWin has That's been right. doing a couple That's of flat right. pack cases. Yeah. Really cool. I'm looking at doing uh, it out of wood and making the plans available. So if you have a laser cutter and you want to make this case, you can cut out the parts yourself. Well, couldn't I just old school like saw? Oh, you totally wood, could. You know, you totally could. I, uh, it's just going to be patterns, patterns of, of shapes. And so if you have a, a router, a jig, uh, you know, scroll saw, bandsaw, whatever, you could probably make this that way. That'd be kind of cool as well. But uh, I, I'm going to design it specifically around laser and bed layout and stuff like that. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Those are the tools that I have. Uh, but yeah, that's that's one thing that I am working on. I, I kind of mentioned to you earlier that I was working on a wood case, and that might be a fun thing to uh, collab on in the future. Uh, I'm, I'm nowhere near ready to release it. Um, uh, I finally got a K40 laser in, but I it arrived the day before I started traveling two weeks ago, and I've, I've been home for like two two or three days in the last two weeks. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, traveling is rough. Yeah, I, and, I'm, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I've been traveling a lot like recently too, mm -hmm. and the, the the stress traveling so far outside of your typical time zone mm -hmm. is is amazing. And I've been just all up and down the West Coast. Even I haven't even left my time zone, and it's still. <laughs> I find my because I've been. I went to Frankfurt for a certain show. Yeah, just for like five days, and then came home. Mm -hmm. And then I went over to the Ox Oxford UK for a show and I was gone four days. And um, in that time, my, my body has no clue what time of day it is. Mm -hmm. Like there, last night at two o'clock in the morning, it was like, you're hungry now. And I was like, the what? <laughs> <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. Right. But it's, it's Starcraft, like, what the hell are you doing? But apparently yeah. I needed some fruit snacks. There Which I mean, it's fruit snacks. <laughs> but then again, also, uh, I could have fallen asleep at 3 p.m. today, easily. Yeah. Adjust our camera ever so slightly. Are we low? Are we high? We're a little slanted towards you. I mean, never. is that a bad thing? I mean... <laughs> it's never a bad thing. There we go. Let's see, did I drink all my sour? Oh, I did. Oh, there's a little bit left. I'm going to take it. Mm. You take it. Mm. I'm going to take the last pretzel bite. You should. Yeah, well, I mean, for now. Mm -hmm. So the, the pretzel bites at this place, this is the Ridgecrest Public House in Shoreline, Washington. And uh, the next door is called the Drumlin, and it's the same owner. The Drumlin has a kitchen and can do some some tasty things. They actually have a jambalaya. I saw a uh, sign up mm. where they've got a jambalaya, which that doesn't sound bad at all on a cold winter's day. No. The pretzel bites, though, they're acquired from a German bakery local that is owned and operated by some authentic German bakers. And the, the garlic pretzel knots are just amazing. They, they're absolutely amazing. If you can ever find yourself in Shoreline, Washington, come to the Ridgecrest Public House or to the Drumlin and just get pretzel bites. And Those, you won't be sorry. The pretzel bites are 100% worth the trip. Yeah, I would I would drive hours to get those. Yeah. And you did. Yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. I would drive up here again just for the pretzel bites. So I've got I've got uh Dirty Face and Polaris. Those are the two beers that I have left. And I'm really curious if the chat could vote and let me know should I drink <laughs> Dirty Face next or Polaris? Yeah, so I am finishing up my uh Watts Brewing uh 
Xylocopa Stout. It's a, it's a very light stout at 6.2%. Um, surprisingly good, like robust flavor here. No, that's what I had yesterday. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's uh, right. I had that yesterday with some cider in it, and it yeah. was so good. Yeah, he he is a he's a mixologist when it comes to the, the taps. So. I take I take a dark beer, and I take a cider, and then I mix them all together. Usually fifty fifty because ciders are typically too sweet for my palate. I don't mm -hmm. want them, but they're tasty, just too sweet. And uh, a stout is usually a little bit too dark, too roasty for me, mm -hmm. and so. The stout lessens the sweetness of the cider, and the cider lessens the roast of the stout, and together you just get something awesome. There was one time I had a porter that was brewed with uh, vanilla nibs, and then into it I put a peach cider, and it tasted like peaches and cream. It was so good. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was dirty. It was that's, dirty that's how good it was. Incredible. It was just if you ever get the chance, I'm sure you will run across I, a porter with vanilla nibs at some point in your life uh, after this. Uh-huh. There's a good chance of it. And I'm sure you would be able to find a peach cider after that. And yeah. really then it's just a, only a matter of time. Yeah, no, we've I have breweries near my house that make either of those at any point in time. We we have a cidery near my house. Uh you I, could you could coordinate. Yeah. We could totally make that happen. I'll come down for that one. Yeah. That, oh, that would be yeah. I see a bunch more dirty faces than Polaris. Yeah, so, I who's dirty face brewed by? I'm I'm seeing dirty face. Yeah, let's uh, pull that up. Uh, dirty face brewing or dirty. Where is that one at? What? I have no idea. Ah, uh, icicle brewing. Icicle dirty, brewing. Dirty face amber ale, five percent. Five percent. That's what All you right. got. Prost. There we go. Let's see. So I am also down to two, and I think I'll throw this to the chat as well. Oh, uh, gosh, that is, that is creamy. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is very, that's nitro cream levels yeah, of cream. I know, I know. Yeah. All right, well, I like it. I'm going to drink it. It doesn't say nitro. No, it doesn't. But they have a couple nitros on the board, I saw. There was a, there was a beer that I, that I um, uh, a friend of mine, I remember at the time we were trying to find it because she got it in Ireland, and it was uh, Kilkenny Irish Ale, Kilkenny okay. Cream Ale. And there was no place that had it on draft here in the Seattle mm -hmm. area, but there was a place up in Vancouver, Canada. Ah. So we went there to catch uh, a Canucks NHL game, uh -huh. and... At a pub nearby, we found Kilkenny Irish Ale on tap, and we got it, and it was wonderful. Nice. That's awesome. I mean, I would have rather gone to Ireland, so yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. What are you in the country for? Uh, beer. <laughs> uh, so I have wow, uh, good. two beers left. I've got a Stoop Brewing Belgian Dubel, which I had last night, and it is a wonderful brew. 7.6%. What's your other one? Uh, the other one is the Krampus. It is the oh. uh, Bosque Brew Works Krampus Holiday Spiced Beer at 6.1%. Oh, okay. So do we want the Krampus or do we want the Belgian? My vote is Krampus because Krampus. you had the other one the other day. I did. Yeah, but it was good. It was good. So. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, it'll still so, be so good. We, so we got one vote Krampus. Okay. Yeah, we got, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Coffee and Cynicism chimes in. Five bucks. Thank you. Joel was one of the first to provide great approachable content early on in my 3D printing journey. Thank Aww. you both for all of the great content. Aww. Thank you so much. That actually means the world to me. Part of the reason why 
I enjoy what I do is because uh, I, I, is because I enjoy being able to relay these concepts in easily digestible ways for anyone, whether they're a, a super young kid looking to get into it or someone who's had a few, a few different, few, a few revolutions around the sun, they say, and yeah, yeah. just wants to get into a new hobby. And I, I think that I don't want to say that information is being gatekeeped, but I think that the delivery of information can always be improved in order to make it more accessible to people. And if we can do that, then more people know about it, more people get into the hobby, more people find their way into the industry. And then we have ourselves a better future all around. I'm I, like, honestly, what, what Jeff and I and other content creators are doing mm -hmm. really is finding ways to give really detailed information in ways that is easily digestible by yes. more people. And in doing so, we're, we're trying to make the world a better place. Yeah. No, I've, I've said multiple times on the channel, I, I think knowledge is absolutely, knowledge is power. I mean, that, that's a very old statement, but if, if I have something that I can share or make more make easier or more approachable to someone who's learning it, getting excited about a certain technology or, you know, software, hardware, whatever. Um, I mean, that's kind of the reason I, I did what I did for 15 years, uh, being working in IT and being an IT director is someone gave me a couple computers when I was a kid and I just fell in <laughs> love with them. That's and, awesome. and if I can kind of share that same kind of love and enthusiasm and, uh, you know, I've, I've heard of people getting excited about, certain technologies, certain Linux or, or, or Windows or whatever it is. And I've gotten emails saying, thank you for getting me excited about this. I just got my first help desk job because oh, you got amazing. me excited about that. That's I was like, oh, that is so cool. So yeah. Uh, well, I, it's pretty much unanimous. They're going Krampus. <laughs> of course me. they are. So, yeah. One of the interesting things, because you mentioned this as well, the the drive for us, while it, it's fun to be able to share, What's really interesting, if we talk about it from an educational perspective, uh, if you remember when you were in school or if you're in school currently, the, the educational staff are, are, can only teach so many people in a certain way, and that doesn't work for everyone. And there's always cases of students who are underperforming, especially compared to their potential. But their potential is only realized when the instruction is given in a way that their brain understands. Right. And... And that that's key. That is key to the future is being able to have more people understand more things. And so being able to relay these concepts in ways that either teachers aren't able to relay or don't even have the capacity to is, is paramount. I know that um, one of the one of the teachers at my kids school, engineering teacher, um, she has lessons and does 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 incredible things with like 3d printing laser cutting uh right now they're doing a three-month drone project where people are designing learning cad uh -huh. in on shape and designing their own drones and putting them together and doing all this stuff nice i mentioned to her that i have access to filament manufacturers and my mm -hmm. daughter was thinking about doing a material science project with this and her face lit up and she's like that's incredible because that's not something i can offer right that is very cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was looking through your filament library while I was waiting for things to go, and I'm pulling things off the shelf. Is like he's got carbon fiber peak up here. Just I do, just I, and Ultim. Yeah, carbon fiber peak and Ultim. It's yeah, yeah. It, it's tasty. I mean, I lick it every once in a while just to make sure it's still good. <laughs> right. 
but I was pulling things off the shelf. I'm like, that is really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's why a lot of content creators get into this space, especially the edutainment space that we're kind of in. Is, edutainment is a really good term for it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like sharing what I know and hoping that other people have that same kind of enthusiasm. Uh, Patrick wants to know, Jeff, I have an LTO uh, 5 drive, uh, but I'm stuck. Could you do a tape backup vid? Uh, I've done some, I've not done any vids on tape backup. Uh, tape backup is still a thing. I'm, is, I'm, you know what? Good technologies never die. It is the highest density storage medium that you can get still. That That is actually reliable, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think I have access to any tape drives or media at the moment. And there, there's all kinds of different LT drives. So there's, I mean, there's LTO 2, 3, 4, 5, and they're all kind of incompatible from each other. It's, it's, they, really? they developed a, a tape and a density for that tape. And so the readers aren't cross-compatible and the software to run oh. them are all different. Um, there's, there's not really a unified standard, even though people just go, oh, it's tape backup. Uh, so unfortunately, I can't really help you. I know um, Quinn, uh, Snazzy Labs, mm -hmm. did a tape backup uh, video a couple of years ago, like two or three years ago. I believe he was on LTO4, though, but I, there might be some cross-information there that might help. I don't know how deep he dove into it, but I do remember him doing a video about it. Tape backups so. are one of those things where you, you have to have a very precise plan on how to implement and carry forward because you, you can't guarantee... You, you have to refresh or you have to verify these things mm -hmm after X amount of time, because it's, it's physical media, it right. deteriorates over time. I mean, it's at a predictable rate, if, mm -hmm. as long as it's within predictable, consistent conditions. Right. Hey, uh, the net guy, ask Joel about his 1.21 gigawatt. Did I get that right? Solar setup, regrets, lessons. No, no regrets. No regrets. Um, so we have the largest private solar panel install in the state of Washington. Nice. We have 159 panels with a peak capacity of 50.88 kWp. So at any given moment, if the sun was forever shining everywhere, we could generate... If the sun is shining on you. If we could generate 50.88 <laughs> kilowatt hour. That's impressive. Uh, on a summer day, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. We can generate north of 300 kilowatt hours in a in a day, and yeah. there were some times this past summer in three day in three and a half days we generated one one megawatt hour. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's the largest install. Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, a friend of mine, loyal, he's in Eastern Washington. Uh -huh. sunnier over there yeah he's got solar panels like he's on a ranch like he's got space i think he has 70 some yeah that's a large install right and we're double that and some yeah it, it's it's crazy uh so any regrets no <laughs> no none none they gave me a creator discount because they wanted to work with me to showcase solar on the channel yeah and then they forgot about it, but I don't care. They gave us a discount. <laughs> also, uh, we live with my wife's parents, and so it's under their name. And so there's some senior discounts at play. Uh -huh. There's federal tax credits, which they get to take advantage of. Nice. Um, but so how, how it works for where we're at, um, solar 
panel power that's generated is sent back onto the grid. You become yes. you become a power plant and you register credits with the company. Mm -hmm. And then you build those during the summer. I mean, you use some during the summer, but yeah, you yeah. build those during the summer. And then during the winter, you dip into the credits yeah. with the thinking with the thinking being here in the Pacific Northwest, the build and the dip eventually just even out. Um, I think last year we had one month that we had to pay for power, but otherwise we didn't. We we paid we paid a five dollar processing fee. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 keep our account active, yeah. please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the thinking is like we don't have any battery backup. We're on a part of the grid that doesn't really fail i can count like on one hand the times it's yeah. failed for any extended period of time yeah and battery technology like can you imagine the, the amount of battery we would need for 50.88 oh. kwp like yeah. the space it would take up it yeah. would it would take up the garage yeah and so solar panel technology was at an efficiency rating where we wanted to pull the trigger but battery technology was not at an efficiency level so right. we just didn't pull the trigger yeah um no that makes sense we do have the option though if i ever get an ev we can charge it from the solar panels, mm -hmm. which is just that 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 is free power. Yeah. If if you're charging from the sun, that is 100% free power. We need to uh, figure out how to do a full all-wheel drive conversion. Thanks for the for question. Your, we we need to figure out how to do a full all-wheel drive conversion for your STI. Get it get it all. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really expensive lesson in futility. Sounds fun though. Well, of, well, anything, of course. <laughs> Of course, anything like that sounds fun. Have you seen uh, out of Canada the uh, uh, the is it the Edison truck? Yeah, the, you know what I'm talking yeah. about yeah, the yeah, ones yeah. that did uh, the they have a diesel generator to get mm -hmm. much more mileage out of it, and a generator doing stuff, and they're doing conversion kits for like um, F1, mm -hmm. uh, like big truck, like yeah, Peterbilts, and yeah, 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 no, no, but smaller like consumer level trucks, okay. putting together packages where people could do a swap out for a work truck okay. to be able to take advantage of it okay. and so uh i don't know ev technology is interesting yeah i want i mean i want one i want one i want i want one yeah like i want one where, where i live in my daily life it does make sense to have an ev um i mean even one that would do 200 miles of range it, it would be more than enough for my i mean to put this in perspective joel and i are 197 miles apart is that it? That's the GPS. Oh, it's not bad at all. It said turn left on I five, travel one hundred ninety seven miles. Like I've driven further for good coffee. Right, exactly, and beer, <laughs> and beer, uh, and ice cream too. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that list goes on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know, even if I had a vehicle that did two hundred or two hundred and forty, I could make that that trip. That's more than than Portland to Seattle. That's that's Portland beyond to yeah, Seattle. Absolutely. Um and. Uh, what else would I, I, I don't drive to Southern California. I don't need to go no. 500 miles in a shot. And even if I do, they're superchargers. But really for in-town driving, yeah. that's where you're going to realize the most benefit. Like right. I, if I had an EV that could take me 20 miles on a charge, yeah. 15 miles on a charge. Right. If I could do my daily be, errands. That would be yeah. easy. Like yeah. if I just, I, oh, you know what? I could go to the store. I could go to the studio. I could go get coffee. I could take the kids to school. I could pick them up from school. And, and I could go to the, like all of these places that I want to go are within that 15 miles yeah. that an EV could do. Zachary Salas, otherwise known as Yakto, he's uh, Yakto, Yakto uh, uh, another hilarious or longtime uh, viewer, supporter of the channel. Isn't expensive lesson in futility just Craft Computing's channel motto? 
I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> it, it feels weird when you say it out loud. But yeah. Generally, content creators, when they spend a lot of money, they want it for something that works or fails spectacularly. That's exactly right. Both, both have merit. Yes. Both have but but if something just poo poos, no. Yeah. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. You I, then you then have to put in twice the amount of effort and power to yeah. make it explode or yep. fix it. Like yeah. there's there's no there's no middle ground. I, I have had a couple projects that I've started working on. Uh, so I I do all kinds of weird views, you know, e Eastern market off brand kind of you know projects, and sometimes the the fails are spectacular, and so they make good content. Sure. I've I've had some others that just arrive and it's like. It just didn't work. And, you, and it's just. Could you now talking about expensive lessons in futility uh -huh. and fun things that you've tried uh -huh. being a home labber, obviously you deal with a lot of equipment that outputs heat. Yes. Could you properly heat a house with a home lab? No. It's, you, it's, it's a, you, wait, you just you, that's it. We're done. It's a matter of wattage. Well, it depends though, right? You could augment the heating yeah. in a house. You can yeah. augment. You cannot cut. No, no, no. But, uh, but you're, are you, you could put home lab machines in each room as just like radiators were. Right, right. You could totally do that. Um, I have actually thought about this long and hard. Really? Like way long and harder than, than you might. Way understand. longer and way harder. Way longer, way uh, harder. Definitely what she said. Yeah, that's, yeah. You've been talking to my wife? Um, so, uh, uh, so over the summer, I had my heat pump fail. Okay. And so I called an HVAC company out and I said, hey, heat pump, no make cold. Please make cold. And they said, oh, well, it has enough pressure, so we don't think it's a coolant thing, but it might have a leak, so it might be a coolant thing. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll just replace it, 20000 And I went, no. I said, please make cold, not please rip and replace. Like, those are two very... They said, well, we're going to have to do a site survey and find out where it's leaking and then plug... It's like, it sounds like you don't want to do the work, not that it's not... That, not that you can't do the work. That stuff is expensive now. It is expensive now. And, and, I, and I know I'm crapping on a trade, and I don't mean to do that. But... Something said crapping on a tray. I was like, trade. are we going to Taco Bell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's crapping after the tray. Uh, you know, and, and I don't mean to, to, to do that, but at the same time, I've also talked about being a service provider or, or you know, a, Here, a, take, skilled take a, trade, that really quick. a skilled trade of some kind and being able to actually meet your customer in the middle and, and supply them with the service that they actually need. I showed up at an automotive store or an auto, uh, auto repair shop today. He knew what the problem was. He knew how to diagnose it. He knew the least amount of parts to repair to get me back on the road and got me back on the road. That's all I wanted. I, but it could be those parts aren't available. It could be. It could be. Or it could be they don't want to break out a soldering iron and spend a couple of days, you know. You know, so. That could be, too. Could be, too. Um, half, you, half of my HVAC system is in the crawl space. My furnace is underneath my house. Okay. Uh, it's not convenient. It's very uncomfortable. Um, it's a difficult job. So what are the chances that someone just didn't want to quote that system? Well, that depends. 
That's yummy, isn't it? Oh. Ooh. I mean, we are talking lots of stuff, but beer as well. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure that's the Polaris. Anyway, so my HVAC went out over the summer, but just just the heat pump suction. Just, right, just, just, just the heat pump. Yeah, just I get the it. cold end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I got I got the answer of, well, twenty thousand dollars. And I said, Well, can't you repair it? They said, Well, yeah, we could, but we're not gonna. Twenty thousand dollars. Oh, they said, but we're not gonna. Basically, okay. yes. Okay. Um, and uh, I went, well, that's not acceptable. And I started thinking, do I need a heat pump to keep my house cool? Is there any other method that I could use to heat and cool my house other than traditional, you know, furnace, heat pump, HVAC type systems? Okay. Um, I started looking into what would it take to essentially water cool and water heat my house. Didn't Linus do this? Uh, Linus did this with his pool to cool his server rack. So he's piping water in from his pool. I see. And that's using, just for the server rack. Using his pool as a heat sink yeah. to, dis- to be the heat that's transfer. Not bad. I mean, it's not bad. That's not bad. Right. Um, uh, but uh, just from a matter of wattage and, and expected heat output, you need to raise the temperature going through your HVAC system by about 25 to 30 degrees in order to maintain heat in your house. I see. Uh, so if, you're, if, you're, if your ambient air is 60 and you say you want to raise it to 70, you actually need to provide 90 degree air for a certain amount of time within that uh, space to be able okay. to raise the temp. If you're just pumping 62 into it, it's not going to do any good. No. So you need to be well and above so you can cycle that system in and out. And, oh, and I see. I so see. It's a matter of how many watts can your home lab generate versus how many watts does it take to actually heat and cool your house? And, and there's some loss in transference and, and other things like that. But my home lab right now idles at between 350, 400 watts. Oh, that's the, so efficient. That, that it is. And, but that's, that's also been a point of my home lab over the last couple of years is getting the efficiency down. Because there was a time I was idling at 1,000 watts. Oh, that's not as efficient. It's not as efficient, no. right? Um, so that, you know, I brought the efficiency down or the efficiency way up. But as a, as a result, I'm generating far less heat. Mm, okay. So is 400 watts enough to raise the temperature of my house 10 degrees no no it's not it could it, do, it could do a room it's enough for a room yeah it's not enough for the house so so each room would need a home lab right exactly okay so i'm gonna start pitching this to my wife i mean um you'd do it if you could <laughs> oh i would yeah. um i also looked at the cooling aspect of it how can okay. i take heat out and it's the same kind of equation if you want to lower the temperature of a room uh you typically need to drop by at least 20 degrees okay. and so if you want to hit 63 you need to be supplying 43 degree air. Um, okay. They're saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how much wattage does it take to do that? Well, I also have basically an unlimited supply of free water under my house in the form of an underground river that I constantly pump out with sump pumps. Okay. There, there's, a, there's a river under my house that I have to pump off property. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's fun. That's free water. It's free water. That's... Which means, why aren't I? chilling that water through evaporative means so creating a bent, essentially a couple of swamp coolers and then piping that super cold water because it comes out of the ground at 58 all i need is an extra 15 degrees so why don't i swamp cooler yeah, that extra 15 could be it could take you a lot to do that extra 15. not if you just do evaporative cooling which in the summer in oregon uh, we have 15 percent ambient yeah, humidity yeah so super efficient to mist the water down cool that water on its way down 
pump that through a radiator and just put that on a return line on my HVAC. Okay. But now you you piqued my interest because you said you have an unlimited river of water that you pump out your of, of below your house. Yes. Could you not start your own bottled water company? Uh, if I was going the Nestle route, probably. Uh, I water rights in states get really weird by city, by county, by state. True. By, okay. And so, do I have right to that water as an irrigation slash bottling slash drinkable oh. potable? It, it gets weird. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, so far, you're there's no contest because you're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything yeah. with it. All I'm doing is moving it off of my property. Right. Uh, once I start doing something with it, it might be contestable, but all of that thing would happen within the confines of underneath my house, and then once it's done being used, it would still be pumped off the property. I'm just using it while it's there. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, because you're not storing it. I'm not storing it. You're not storing it. I'm not storing it. it. Oh. I'm not using it. I am moving it through a couple of pipes before it leaves my property now. Okay. So I think this next summer I'm going to try to build myself a free air conditioner using water that's freely available on my property. Could you, as you're pumping the water off, use the flow of water to generate electricity? Uh, you can. It's about 30% efficiency. Okay. It's not great. So I have to use... But that's a free 30%. It is a free 30%. you're doing it anyway, Correct. Right? So what I would have to do um, is I have to pump it out with a sump pump because I pump it below, from below grade. Uh, I have uh, two sumps that are sunk about six feet below my foundation level. Okay. Uh, and that keeps the water from raising up into the foundation. Um, what I would have to... I, and those pumps are not efficient. They, are, <laughs> they use a lot of power. Like... Uh... Like there's constant 300-watt surges from under... But there's no impetus to make those more efficient. Like There's not. No one cares. No. Exactly. Because, because when they need to get used, you want them to just go really fast. Right. I want it to pump as much water as possible, and I don't care what the efficiency curve right. on them is. Right. Um, but where am I pumping the water, and then what's my return on that trickle amount, and is it worth is it worth is the lemon worth the squeeze? Is the lemon worth the squeeze? Yeah. Sound like a car dealer. I know. I know. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Is the lemon worth the squeeze? That's pretty good. Well, yeah. uh, Quinn, uh, Quinn, Quinn builds. He's down in Oregon. Yeah. Um, he did a thing where he tried to, to generate electricity from water falling down the gutter. Okay. Like it's a free action. Gravity yeah, yeah. is making water fall. If right. you can actually action on that, how much can you generate? Right. And he didn't get much, yeah. but it did work. And, and, and again, this is kind of a potential versus kinetic in a versus usable energy situation. Yeah. My water is already below ground. In order to get it gravity fed, I need to pump it yeah. above ground. Yeah. To You're losing all that efficiency by getting it above ground anyway. So I would get some return on that, but is it usable energy that I could yeah. pump back in? That's a good point. Probably not. Probably not. So. Wow, we just tangent, tangented. Right. Right? Tangented. Yeah. Tangented, tangent. So I did try the Krampus. Um, that's a really pleasant. You tried the heck out of it. It's I, I, did, I did. Yeah, I, I tried the Krampus. Uh, that was a really pleasant Christmassy ale. It had a little bit of kind of that all spicy nutmeg on okay. the end of it. Okay. Um, but it didn't go overboard with it. And, and I get a lot of um, uh, Deschutes every year has the Jubilee ale that they come out with. Oh, and, that's right. And that is a very 
Christmassy beer. There is a lot going on with that beer. There's man. a There's lot. A yeah. lot going exactly. on with that beer. Um, this was nothing like that. Like it, it had similar notes, but the... so like some allspice, some hops, some, yeah. some malts. I mean, it just it, it was it was a this, Christmas sweater. This one was balanced. It was a tasteful Christmas sweater. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Whereas the Jubilee, there, you know, there's there's some stuff going on yeah, on that sweater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, and now I've got the stoop. This is the uh, oh, fantastic! The, something familiar, something good. The, the Belgian Dubel. Uh, from... Is it Dubel or is it double? Dubel. It is Dubel. Dubel. Okay. Why is it Dubel? Uh, it's originally German. Oh, German Belgian. D u b b e l. What's Dubel mean in German? Double. <laughs> I deserve that. You did. <laughs> I absolutely deserve that. Oh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> This has been fun, man. Mm-hmm. We've been we've actually gone off on some fairly nerdy tangents. Yeah. Like some super nerdy. Like, yeah. Like how much power can you recover from, you know, <laughs> water being pumped out of a sump? Yeah. Is we, it enough? We went solar to straight up like doomsday prepper for like, can I cool my house with underground rainwater? Like Do you ever in your channel mm-hmm. find that you're running out of ideas? And I don't mean like there's always going to be stuff you can get off AliExpress. There's right, always right. going to be latest gen uh, uh, Intel and AMD processors. There's always going to be new cases. There's always going to be new storage mediums. Mm-hmm. But but do you like that is a that's all cyclical. Like that's all that's all just a lot of it is cyclical. A lot of it is right. cyclical. Is there is do you ever think that's all you're going to be, or is there going to be a pocket universe that comes out of this? Where you can, where where there is one-offs and the ability to do something different, right? Um, that's a great question. Uh, so, I've talked about this uh, with with some other creators. You know, you you mentioned, you know, you named your channel three D printing nerd, yeah. and and in some regards, now you're kind of pigeonholed and into now being I am 3D the three D printing yeah, nerd, I'm, right? Uh, God forbid I show a laser cutter on my channel. Right. Gee, yeah. Christmas. Oh, is that what you call the Glowforge now is an actual laser cutter? It's always been a laser cutter. <laughs> it will always be a laser cutter. I thought I it was a laser 3D care. printer. I don't care. The Glowforge. Okay. We're going to do it. That's I'm, I'm going to answer we're, your question first. <laughs> no, no. We're going to do it now. You brought it up. Right. Glowforge Marketing likes to call themselves the first or the best 3D laser printer. And it just did. It hurts my insides to hear that because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. not that sort of thing. It's it's not that thing. Um, but I talked I talked to the CEO and he told me how they came up with the name and they had a focus group of their customer base, which is like housewives, forty it's to fifty like year old, forty aunts. fifty year old people, yeah. like 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 um, like guys that that want some tools and not all the tools like right. small kids like old people like like makers like the real makers not the not not jimmy Duresta, right right you know but but like you know you're i needed you a your, doily your mom's brother who does crazy things in the garage yeah. like your your grandfather like your your wife or your aunt they, these people so they had a focus group and they gave them a list of names and they said the device we're talking about does this which name best describes it? Mm-hmm. And overwhelmingly, yeah. the focus group said 3D laser printer. And so while, while it hurts me 
to say that. Mm -hmm. And so I just don't like any, any Glowforge video I've ever done. I've actually never said that it's a 3d laser printer because it's not right. But for the people that matter, for the people that give them money, that's the name that they think it is. And so they call it that name because then those people buy that name and that's friggin' smart. How many products do we see die due to incorrectly targeting their audience? Probably, well, way, way more than, than mm -hmm. I know about, right. that you know about. Right. I mean, there's... I, I, I know of a lot of products that I felt like, man, they're, they're aiming over here, but their audience is here, and they're not connecting those dots. And, you know, Glowforge coming out and saying, what would you call this product? And then getting 75 or 80% response going, mm -hmm. it's a 3D laser printer. Yeah. Uh, yep. and, and they go, well, that's what we have to sell it as because that's what people are going to rec. Those are the terms that people who are wanting to buy our product are going to recognize and Precisely. imply what it does. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. The, so we may hate it, <laughs> but the demographic, but we don't matter because no. we're not going to buy it anyway. Right. But the demographic that is going to buy it calls it that. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it makes sense. And so you can't, you can't be mad at that. It's, it's absolutely perfect yeah and, and that's okay yeah anyway, now answer my question to your point of uh do i ever run out of ideas um or will you will i ever will you ever very open-ended I, I feel that there's there's been a couple of times on the channel where i've i've run a little bit dry on uh feeling a little repetitive in things that i've been doing okay um but because i i try to be more of a variety channel in that sometimes some days i'm home lab and some days i'm case mod which means 3d printer and laser and mm -hmm. and jigsaw and everything else yeah some days i'm aliexpress tinkerer sometimes i'm doing linux tutorials and hacking nvidia drivers like you know i i, I bounce a lot of different places and so i don't think i'll ever find a time when i'm truly out of ideas i okay. think i might find a time when i burn out of an idea Okay. Okay. But I've always got three or four others that I can bounce to for a while. All right. If, and then maybe re-explore something with, with fresh eyes like, okay. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Good for you, dude. It keeps it interesting. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I, I I've talked about this on, on the show. In fact, before that I intentionally try to fight against being pigeonholed. Uh, I, I, I don't like the idea that my channel might one day become just linux tutorials are just a home lab channel uh because i i think i would honestly go insane i i i, I... well it's, it's only halfway that so you're only half insane right exactly yeah. uh, but i can always pivot on something and not focus on that half of the channel for a week or yeah, that's true or when something comes out that's really cool about home lab that i want to talk about i can go you know what this case mod is kicking my ass i don't want to talk about that for a week or three years sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? What about uh... so it, that's a really interesting question because for the longest time it was flavor of the month. Mm -hmm. This this V four of this machine is out. Yeah. Or or look at this filament. It, it performs the same as the twelve other filaments that right. I tested against it. And so oh, look, they mix uh, this with PLA we've, now. We've given up. We, we we've <laughs> said no more reviews on the channel because we can't necessarily test everything to to the level in which it needs to be tested in order for it to qualify as a decent review. Yeah. I can 
I or my producer, we can choose to review a product or service if we want to, but yeah. we tell everybody no more reviews. Like it's just it's just how it is. We can utilize your product or service in a project on the show, advocating for how 3D printing is cool and you're contributing to that, but no more reviews. Um, and so so in doing that, now it became rather than trying to get in the latest and greatest, the newest. It's now been trying to find ways to advocate for additive manufacturing in various ways. So visiting these trade shows, yeah. who always have who who kind of are repetitive in a way, but you know every once in a while you have to find the diamond in the rough and and kind of showcase what's there. Yeah, um, being able to talk to others and collaborate with others because that's going to breed really cool projects, and I think that's valid as well. Um, what I've really found, and here's where it gets crazy. What I have found is that I'm I'm enjoying doing stuff without recording it. Yeah. Like I will, uh, I, I printed a thing and I put it together and I tested it and it worked. And I didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't <laughs> tell anybody. Like no one, I didn't tell anybody about this. Like it's, it's going to make a great video because eventually I will, yeah, but yeah. for the time being, it's mine. Yeah. And I didn't tell anybody about it. In fact, I did two things, Oh, two things. I didn't tell anybody about it, <laughs> but then again, but then again, there was one time where, uh, a video that I had recorded recently, it's not out yet. I have to edit this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there was a mod to the Bamboo Lab X1 and P1 series 3D printers. There's that that thing. Remember the piece that I showed you on the A1 that was like a corner piece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what it does, uh, the, the the X1 carbon has a glass lid that sits on top. Yeah, yeah. Because if you close the front glass, then it's fully enclosed. Mm -hmm. And ABS prints and ASA prints print really well yeah, in yeah. that sort of environment. But that glass is 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 just like right there. It's yeah. right there. And sometimes the PTFE tube scrapes against it. So some people like to lift it up just a little bit. Uh -huh. So what some people did is came up with this way of, of a completely 3D printable part. They actually, you, you print these little bow ties that shove into places oh, nice. to attach things together. Yeah. It sits on top and then the AMS, that four filament holder, yeah. sits on top of that. And then what's great, that glass, you can actually take it out and slide it in at an angle. So then now for you PLA prints, you get a little bit of a, a vent yeah. to it. And so you can vent it out. Also, you can you know put it all the way on top if you want. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic mod. And I printed it. I was really excited about it. And so at one, I just, it was one, I just said, I'm going to turn on the camera. So I just turned on the camera and I just went for it. Like no plan, no script, no outline. Yeah. I was just excited to share this and put it together. And it looked great. And so... Um, my fear of running out of things is, is, isn't nearly what it used to be. I mean, there always is. As a content creator, you always have that a healthy fear of that. Yeah, yeah. But my, my fear now is that I'm unable to enjoy the hobby that I once had. And so I've been trying to do more things that just make my heart feel good. Yeah. And it's easy for me to turn on the camera and be passionate about stuff. Mm -hmm. But if it makes my heart feel good, then I'm happier. Yeah, and a, and a and a happier Joel is a healthier Joel. Yeah, and I like being healthy. I, I'm glad you brought up reviews because, uh, as my audience knows, that's that it's been a bit of a point of contention that I've had for a number of years, and I finally made a video about it earlier this year uh, about what is a review in, within the tech space. And uh, I like to do reviews, but I have always framed my review 
from an experiential standpoint, uh, not necessarily from a deep dive technical analysis. And I start every review with who is this product for and how much does it cost? Mm -hmm. Because if you can't afford the product, this review isn't for you. If you're not going to buy this product, this review isn't for you. Who is going to buy this? What are, how are they going to use it? And what is their experience going to be? Okay. And so, you know, th there's a million different ways to review things, and those have always been kind of my criteria. And the frustrating thing is I would post a, 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 a video review that had technically accurate data in it, had, but also had, you know, some nuance about use case or expectations for a certain product. And I would get comments about, well, so-and-so did this, and they said, you're wrong, this other card was actually 3% better. So, okay, but my testing doesn't show that. And number two, no one in this use case scenario would be buying that other thing. They're not compatible parts. They're not in the same plane. You know, with graphics cards, we, we always talk about dollar per frame, uh, about like, how much is the card? Oh, I see. How much performance are you getting? Yeah. Or how much do you spend? And, and they'll take a $300 card and go, look, NVIDIA's screwing you because you're only getting, you know, six frames per second per dollar that you spend, whereas this $700 card, you're getting nine frames per dollar that you spend. What's the Costco problem? Buying in bulk, you know, you pay less per thing. You pay less yeah. per thing, yeah. right, exactly. But you're still spending a whole bunch of money. Right, the problem is no one who's thinking about buying a $300 graphics card is going, you know what, maybe I'll just buy the 700 one instead because mm -hmm. it's more efficient. Yep. That equation doesn't make sense to anyone in that buying scenario. And so while it's a, it's a metric that people can point to and go like, man, I wish this graphics card was more efficient or was more performant at this level, it's an inconsequential benchmark. Yeah. It doesn't actually tell the end user whether they'd be satisfied with the product that they bought. And from an experiential standpoint, it's useless. And, you know... I've stopped doing a lot of technical analysis videos because of feedback like that uh, and, and trying simply to lean into the nuance a little bit more because I, I feel that's, that's kind of a lost art. If everything just becomes a technical analysis, then only one product deserves to exist and everything else might as well be e-waste. And that's not the world we live in. Well, then, well, if, if, that's, if, that, if, if that's the only true valid form of a review, mm -hmm. then every stack rank should be the same. Yeah. And two and below should feel really bad about themselves. Right. But, you know, you bring up a good point, And I think it has to, in being content creators, both of us, I find it really interesting when you give an opposing viewpoint of something that is an opinion, mm -hmm. someone will say, someone else did this, said the opposite, which means you're wrong. There's been a lot of... Uh, there's been a lot of contention. There's only one truth in this there's, industry. There's Joel. one true. There's one true opinion, <laughs> yeah. and I think that. I mean, I mean, obviously, there, it's much more argumentative online in the now than it has been right. in the past few years. Um, but but at the same time, I think when when approaching it from a content creation perspective, people will say something, and you can say something that's different, uh -huh. and. People don't seem to, not a lot of people seem to realize that both things can be correct and are part of a continuing dialogue. Yes. Uh, and and I, I try to curate that level when someone says a comment 
that kind of resonates with me. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What's the crux of what they're saying? Minus all the hateful spewing garbage. Right, right. Okay, let's do that. And so then then I can try to get them on course. And I've had some really great conversations yeah. when doing that, but it sucks that I've had to do that. Right. And I'm wondering if in your space, our experience is this, uh, similar. Very similar. You, you have diehard enthusiasts. We also have people who... Uh, <laughs> There was one great, great comment that I had. Uh, so I also do like handheld gaming system reviews. So your your I and Neos and Steam Decks and things like okay, that. Okay, yeah. Um, I I made a comment that uh, I think it was the I and Neo two uh, perf- was more performant than the Steam Deck, even though. Jeez, dude, you put that opinion online. I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, now I also bench- I also benchmarked them. And had the empirical numbers in front of me, yeah. and had both consoles yeah. sitting side by side. That doesn't matter. You in my hand, matter. at the same. And I was told I was straight up wrong. <laughs> yeah. Steam Deck's better. It has RDNA two instead of Vega. Okay, but this has faster Vega and more wattage. No, Steam Deck's still faster, man. Don't you know? And I'm like, okay. Do you have both consoles? No, I only have a Steam Deck. Okay. So, whose data on the INEO2 are you going off of? Because this is the data that I collected and that I'm presenting, yeah. and my data says the INEO2 is... No, you're wrong, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, yep. 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 <laughs> right now, we're kind of seeing some of that in uh, 3D printing with uh, the, the Bamboo Lab 3D printers. Yeah. A fair amount of people say they're the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's not wrong for them to say that because it's, that is an opinion. Yeah. And it's based in some truthfulness, mm-hmm. which is great, but it really depends on the person who's hearing it and what they value as far as best. Because when we talk about uh, longevity of something mm-hmm. or how many hours you put into it, yeah. the support behind it, ecosystem. How little or how much maintenance goes into yeah. ma- making sure that product stays at its best. Right. Exactly. So yeah. it's just, it's, I, I, think, I think everything here is kind of within the same vein of thinking. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it, a, a it, lot of it's people- crazy that it, it, is, it is across all levels of content creation. Uh, I find, uh, and one of the first things that I recognize being a content creator is a lot of people will come in seeking confirmation bias for their own purchase decisions. They, They will come in. Did you put the camera just on you? I did not. What? I did not. I didn't do that. What the heck? Apparently it moved at some point. Hold on. Hold on. It doesn't want to move. What the crap? Oh, maybe it did. Hold on. OBS. There's light. Okay, we got it. We got this now. Uh, it's an AI tracked camera, and so sometimes it will get a mind of its own, which is great. If only someone who did tech on YouTube could come to our aid. I know, right? There we go. Um, <laughs> so this this recognizes hand gestures from time to time. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, like, so, you, hello, you, so you can like that. zoom and, and stuff like that. Like, don't, don't do it now. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I've had it go off kilter a couple of times. Mm. Um, but 
Yeah, uh, that guy has a... That, that guy? guy I love your shirt. Donuts are so good. Uh, he said, uh, I can't scroll back to it because my mouse is being funny. Uh, resin printers are stinky, expensive, and messy, yeah. chemically changed yeah. my mind. Yeah, yeah. Why? 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 No, why change your mind? Right. Like, why, that why, why, that like, was my exact you said, you said everything that I believe, man. Yeah. Like, I developed a sensitivity to isopropyl alcohol because of that crap. Yeah. It's just, it's awful. But you know what? They also produce extreme detail as some of the most crisp models you've ever seen. Yep. And paired with someone who knows how to paint them, it's like an otherworldly experience. Yep. Like, I, I, I get it. The problem is, right now, we're resin printers on the consumer side we're at that point where not too much innovation is happening as far as detail because there's only so much that the human eye can see yeah like we're you know there was the four-assed monkey and now we're going to the five-assed monkey yeah well, and what, then the six-assed monkey what uh, is the realistic difference in the resin itself as a medium that shows a resolution difference between 4k and 8k displays we're now getting 12 and 12 14 and 14K. K displays. Yeah. And it's like, I, I couldn't tell the difference. Oh, here's a, here's a really great example. Raise 3D launched a new resin printer, a very professional resin 3D printer mm -hmm. at Formnext in Germany. And it's called the DF2. It's like seven grand. It's a 2K resin 3D printer. 2K. Yeah. And so a lot of the comments in the video were like, 2K, Only 2K. bro, what the heck? Woo. But... Like paired with the right materials and aimed at the right sector, it is it is a godsend for what it's doing. Right. I held some of those models and it was I I had never felt such things. Like yeah. it was it was crazy. Yeah. And so um specs aren't listen, everything. Do you wait, do you want a resin printer? I do. Oh, you have one already. Uh, I was gonna give you one. No, no, I've got one I don't give away. So No, I don't <laughs> want it anymore. <laughs> Which one do you have? Saturn 2. Oh, you have an Elegoo Saturn 2? Yeah. Oh, that's a really great resin 3D printer, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah I've, I've, I've got a Mars. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. What resin do you use? Okay. No, no. Uh, look at, look at, get the Soraya Tech Gray on yeah. Amazon. So Soriatech Gray, it's not expensive, and I found it to stink the least, and and it's been the easiest to clean up with isopropyl alcohol. What do you have to store your isopropyl alcohol? Uh, a shed, and I put all the little mini bottles in. It's no, no, meaning for washing. How are you washing? I have a little wash bucket, a pickle jar. Okay. Oh, you okay? Did, did the pickle jar. Then I have a, uh, a UV uh, the cure station. Okay. Right, right. I have an idea. After this, we'll chat, but I might have something for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Everything's been. Uh, yes. Yes. Those were good, too. Uh, and tell you what, I will take a. Uh, let me get one of the stout, the 10.2 stout, uh, whichever one that was. I could use some more pretzels. More pretzels. I'm driving. I'm not driving. I'm driving. <laughs> well, actually, here, I'll just tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. So with, with resin 3D printing, part of the way that you, you, you 
post-process is washing the completed bottle in 91 to 99% isopropyl alcohol. That solvent is able to take away some of the non non-cured resin that sticks to the cured body and just mm -hmm. kind of get it off. You can scrub it with a toothbrush, right, right. do all sorts of things. Um, I used to have the Form Labs Form 3 ecosystem. I had the 3L, the Wash L, and the Cure L, and they gave me an extra metal cure, uh, washing basin with the little pump. Mm -hmm. And so what I was thinking is for you, I could give you that basin and that pump. So what you do is you put on gloves, and you take the model and you put it inside this basin and you can just that you turn on the pump you've got one hand the pump and you're just kind of going over the model then you seal it and it's got a gasket so then everything is, is it's like kinda, a degrease station for your truck yeah for your parts yeah yeah kind of like that but yeah, yeah. but for your resin and so since you have kids might be cool it's plenty big enough which how old are your kids uh five and seven five and seven this is great because they make gloves that size and then it's big enough, though, for them to explore and to be able to help you with prints or if they have favorite characters that you could print for them and you could actually show them the safe way to clean everything up. And then you just close the lid and you put it away and it's nice and safe. And how about that? Fantastic. Nice. All right. So this is the uh, Jellyfish Brewing. Pickle Monster Imperial Stout, 10.2%. 10.2. 10 10.2. He is not driving. I'm not driving. Ah. Is that good? That's delicious. That, is that delicious? That's the real hearty one I have you're okay, last You're okay with getting more of the, the pretzels, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean. <laughs> Another round. Let's, let's do it. What was it? In, uh, in Czech, the word for beer is pivo. Okay. P-I-V-O. Pivo. And how you order it, you either go pivo or you go, Pivo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, this has been good, man. Um, uh, is the isopropyl alcohol reusable? Yes, to a point. To a point. Um, so I, when I did resin stuff, um, I would use the alcohol to a certain point. I would then take the alcohol bottles, so I would, I would re-bottle it. I'd take a UV light to it and cure all the resin that it's collected and then strain that out. Yep. And now I have cured resin that I've removed from the solution. The problem you end up with mm -hmm. is that isopropyl alcohol now smells different. Yes. You can't remove all of that uncured resin. No. And it's, it's horrific. And it's still super dangerous because there is still uncured resin dissolved within that alcohol. Yeah. You're, you're removing the bulk of it, but resin is some of the gnarliest not good for you stuff ever. As and, long as you don't huff it, like right. like it's a bad smell. Don't well, huff it. It can also get. It can oh yeah, you through can, your skin. You can. And, yeah, you yeah. can get a sensitivity. So yeah. wear your gloves, kids. Kids, wear your gloves. Mm -hmm. um, but if you take that isopropyl alcohol that has a little bit of the resin in it, and you use that to accidentally clean a build plate, yeah, stuff doesn't stick very well. <laughs> I found that out. Yeah. Yeah, you know it happens. <laughs> I love resin. I used to have 14 different resin machines in a room uh -huh. and it didn't have carpet Yeah, and uh, it didn't have the best ventilation, Yeah, but I did my best. I had, you know, a mask and I wore my gloves and uh -huh. I did stuff, but every, you know, little drips of resin and, and isopropyl alcohol would drip onto the floor. Mm -hmm. And over time, 
I was like, I had to ask my wife to clean the floor there because yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't be in there yeah. uh, because I didn't take care of it. I was, yeah. I was lazy. <laughs> so yeah. I now, now to not be lazy, I don't do a lot of resin 3D printing yeah. or I have it where I have a lot of ventilation. Yeah. Yep. You can make it safe. You can make it safe. Yeah. You just have to take the time. Yep. And once you do that, then it becomes really cool. Yep. Uh, is there a best way to recycle old PLA? Veronica wants to know. Hi, Veronica. Uh, the best way to recycle old PLA is, unfortunately, to throw it away. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that. So right now, the... the but, Joel, it's biodegradable. It's PLA is biodegradable at the industrial, industrial level, level. At the industrial level. If you take PLA and you go bury it in your garden, it'll still be there in five years. It'll, it'll still be there in 50 years. They'll be there in, it'll be there longer than you will be on this earth is, yeah. is what's going to happen. Yeah. So right now, when you have P, when you have waste, in order for someone to properly use it, it has to be sorted correctly. So you can't have PETG in there. You can't have ASA and ABS and, and, and other materials. It needs to be just, just PLA. And then you need to be able to chunk it up. You have to be able to shred it. Yeah. And I know... Uh, Stefan from CNC Kitchen yeah, just yeah. showcased a shredder, and it's six thousand US dollars, and I it works great, but I but it's just it's not consumer friendly, and so right now um, municipalities are not set up to properly recycle PLA materials. You can put um, you can put PET materials, I believe, in the recycling bin. I know I know here we can do PET and yeah, recycling P bins. PET and HIP. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, any, any, of, any of the polypropylenes. Yeah. Exactly. Or uh, yeah. no, polystyrenes. Yeah. Yeah. Poly. Poly. P.S. Polystyrenes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, you can polypropylene. Polystyrene. Polypropylene. Polystyrenes are the is the styrofoam. So right. you can you more and more municipalities are taking that. Yeah. Uh, not all though. Not right. all though. But for PLA, really, the best thing you can do at this point is get some silicone molds melted in your oven into shapes and then utilize those shapes uh some people make pavers to decorate their garden um it's not a bad idea because you can you can paint it you can seal it you can sand it you, it's just a brick of of a polymer of pla material um some people get oh thank oh, you so yes. much she oh. made crisp you're the you're my favorite uh, for, um, uh, for PLA, what's kind of neat, what you can do is, is shred it and get these silicone baking molds of different shapes uh -huh. and then sell them or give them away as gifts, make little keychains or pendants, uh, make them unique. And, and you, you might be able to recycle, you can recycle by reusing. Yeah. But unfortunately recycling by recycling just isn't there yet. I yeah. wish it was. Yeah. Believe me, if I find a municipality that's doing it properly, I will. I will go there. Yeah. On on top of the shredding component, they they have to have they have to be broken down and, and literally have enough surface area and surface contact with the rest of the environment to be broken down. There's also temperatures that have to be reached for it to start breaking down. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, with PLA. So while it is technically biodegradable, it's not outside of industrial solutions. Not yet. Yeah. Mm. Uh, hey, Crosstalk's in. Crosstalk Solutions. He's another really? Oregon boy. Oh, I love that guy, man. Yep, yep. 
I love you. What does that do? What does that do to the camera? Does the AI do anything with the heart? Uh, hopefully not. Okay. Yeah. You never know. Let us know. Let us know if it gets off kilter again. Oh, look at that. That's yeah. us. Hey, we still look good. Hey, yeah. Look at that. Look at, that. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> this is so good. I've talked a lot. I hope it's been good stuff. Has this no, been that, a decent like no, this has been podcast? Yeah, no, yeah. this yeah. this is the kind of stuff I like to do. Like it is doing the news part of the podcast is a lot of fun, but I I usually try to keep the podcast very fast and loose. If there's something that the audience wants to talk about, I'm more than happy to go off on a tangent. If if this reminds me of a really interesting story that, you know, people might enjoy hearing, I'm happy to do that too. Of there, course they enjoy. Yeah, there, there's been times that we've had, you know, five or six news items that we wanted to get to. We get to the first one, get into the weeds, and never return. <laughs> and it's just the way it goes. Makes it fun. Keeps it relatable. Yeah, it keeps it moving. Keeps yeah. it moving. Yeah, it keeps it moving. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because by now you would have we would have talked about like industry news, right? What's coming up? Right. Well, actually, CES is coming up. CES is, is coming there, up. Is there anything you're looking forward to being there? Is there anything? Is there anything going to be there? I mean, there's the perennials that that are always there. Right. But... Right. You know, the, there's there's the big boys that are always there. Um, from from what I'm hearing. Intel and AMD don't have anything that's going to be coming out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think technically Meteor Lake is coming out tomorrow. That's one of the announcements on the docket for tomorrow. Uh, and that's their mobile platform, 14th gen, uh, where they're going full chiplet or tile-based, whatever you want to call it, on, okay. on the die. Uh, uh, but they're not announcing that at CES. They're announcing it two or three weeks before CES. Uh, so they don't have anything else... But oh, yeah. to then demo at CES? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Because um, I think I think the release is also next week of, like, the products. And so it's like, if they did, they'd be demoing products that are already publicly out there, which takes some of the luster and allure away from it. Yeah, true. Um, uh, NVIDIA is planning an announcement, from what I hear. Through the weeds, it's going to be super variants of the RTX 4000 series cards. And so instead of a 4080, we're going to get a 4080 Super with 5% more performance and no extra memory. What video card do you run on your rigs? Uh, like on your editing rig? I have a 3090 on my main editing rig. Okay. Um, and I have a 3070 on my streaming rig. Oh. Um, I want to... I think I'm ready to take the Intel challenge on the streaming rig. And I have a, an Intel A750 and an A770. I want to put one of those cards into that rig so I can do AV1 encoding on my live streams. Because mm. the mm. Intel cards have AV1 encoding on them. Right. Um, YouTube does that now, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So Epis Fox, I remember I follow him. He, yeah, was yeah. Like, he was like throwing a party when that so happened. So AV1's yeah. an amazing codec. It, it is the next evolution. It's the next leap forward. Why is that? Um, it is, it's more efficient. It's a more efficient algorithm. It is. Uh, and then what? Uh, What's there currently? Uh, you have H two six four X two six five HEVC. Okay. Oh, um, oh those. Okay. So yeah. those are currently so those the, are your, the streaming codecs. Those are your codecs. Really? Right. Well, I know those are codecs. I didn't know those were the the, the streaming. Those codecs. are the streaming codecs. Really? And oh. so, uh, yeah, you you are compressing your video into H two six four X two six five to sling to YouTube for them to be able to broadcast out. Oh, and those okay. are the codecs that YouTube has primarily accepted. Um, uh, for for streaming, especially. 
AV1 is a higher quality compression. Uh, and now that there's essentially ASICs to be able to do that, there's dedicated hardware to be able to do that. It's a very low cost compression to be able to do. Uh, oh, before it was, uh, before it was, it was CPU based. Yeah. And so, you know, remember 10 years back when there was no such thing as hardware encoding of an H.264 stream, um, where your CPU would literally just sweat itself to death trying to, you know, render a DVD that you were trying to compress. Down. Oh, yeah. Same process. Now you can do it with like 2% GPU utilization because that hardware is dedicated hardware on That's your chip. Cool. Now we have that with AV1. So we have dedicated hardware on the chip for AV1 encoding and decoding. Wow. Um, That's why it's a big deal. It actually reminds me of a really cool story talking about GPU encoding and, and the efficiency that's there. So I used to work for Adobe. Oh, uh, Crosstalk's going to be here in February. So maybe you drive up in February. Maybe we all get together and we do this again. There you yeah, go. There you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Um, so when I worked for Adobe, I was on the After Effects team. Uh -huh. And I was part of the team that was testing the new, the, the effects stack within After Effects that could be run on the GPU mm -hmm. versus the CPU and see where we got savings. Um, it's really interesting. If you do you use After Effects at all, uh, I don't. It's do you understand? I do. I, I okay. do understand what After Effects. So is. you have you have a uh, um, you you have a timeline, not really. It's, it's not really a timeline, but you have a, a timeline, and then you have effects that are stacked one on top of the other, yeah, yeah. and then there are relations between them. And okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you have ten effects on there mm -hmm. and it's CPU based. It has to, the CPU goes through and does the first one, does the second one, does the third one, does uh -huh. the fourth one. So when Adobe started introducing the GPU ability of effects and they started coding it that way, yeah. then if you had 10 effects and all 10 could be run on the GPU, it ran a frame at a time. So rather than having a frame up here and doing d d d d frame is done, yeah. it was like frame, frame, frame. Yeah. The problem was if if just one in the effects stack couldn't be run on the GPU, then it would be like, it would, it would run these on the GPU, it would run them on the CPU, and then it would run these on the GPU. And yeah. so the idea was to find the effects that people were using in production yeah. that Adobe could then prioritize so that more often than not, the entire frame would get rendered out rather than having to piecemeal it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, with AV1, it sounds kind of familiar, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're, you, you, you dedicate some, there's dedicated hardware to handle this, yeah. and now it does that thing. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I run a 3090 as well on my rig at nice. home, and it's just, it's just nice. It's it just, is. It's just nice. It is. I bought it back in the day, uh -huh. like back in the day, for $1,700 cash in a, a seafood restaurant parking lot from some guy I met from Craigslist. Uh-huh. Um, and it I, worked out. It like it legit worked out. I, I bought mine also back in the day, but during the peak of the crypto boom because I was migrating over to my Sony cameras, and we were starting to record in 10-bit, and I needed all the video memories that I could <laughs> for Premiere to be able to edit those videos. Yeah. Uh, my my 12 gig card that I was running at the time was running out of memory, and so it's like. Do I buy a 16 gig card? No, that's stupid. 24s exist. Give me the 24. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I went, well, the only 24 card out there right now is the 3090. I bought it for $2,750. Oh, dude. <laughs> off, off of eBay. 
Uh, but the story doesn't quite end there because the dude was selling it on eBay because he could get scalper prices for it. Um, and so he wasn't used to the eBay platform and the fact that they take 12% off the top of the transaction price as your transaction fee. And so I bought the card from him. Uh, so he has my money and he has the graphics card. And he emails me a couple of days afterwards and says, hey, dude, I didn't realize eBay was going to take such a huge cut. Would you be willing to have me refund you? And then you can pay me through PayPal or Venmo or whatever. And I'll take 100 bucks off because I don't want to take this much of a hit. And I said, well, no, because I'm an eBay affiliate. And a lot of my revenue stream depends on people going to eBay and buying things. If I work outside of their terms of service and they find out, I'm a dead man. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry that you have to take a 12% hit because you didn't read the fine print before you hit, yeah, I want to sell this thing on eBay. But now you're holding my, my card hostage because of your problem. And he goes, I'm not holding it hostage. And I went, you have my money and you have my card. You're holding something hostage. <laughs> and so this, so went on for like, this went on for like four days. And, and really? until finally I said, I'm, if I don't see a tracking number, I'm going to have to report you to eBay. Like, there's nothing else I can do. Yeah. This, this is a legally binding contract that you entered when you listed it for sale, and the transaction took place. Yep. You now have my money. Give me my card. <laughs> he shipped the card. Oh, he did? Yeah. He was like, all right, I took the hit. Yeah, he shipped the card. He wasn't happy about it. I wasn't happy with the... Well, the was, he, was he complaining about, like, 50 bucks or 100 bucks? Or... I mean, 12% of it of 200 or $2,750. That's, I mean, 280 300 bucks off that transaction. Right, but then if you wanted to do PayPal, there was still going to be... I'm just wondering there, what the difference would have uh, been. PayPal is 2.75. Okay. Um, which he also took because there's also a PayPal transaction fee on top of the eBay transaction fee. Oh, because you paid via PayPal. I did pay yeah, via yeah, PayPal. Yeah. Um, and so he ended up taking, you know, 14.5% loss, which on a $2,700 product, that's that is, okay, that is significant. Yeah. 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 It's not an insignificant amount. So he goes, Hey, can we refund this? And I, and I, you know, redo this thing and I'll take a hundred bucks off for you. That way I get my, and I went, sorry, no can do bro. If you said I accept Venmo, I'd have paid Venmo, but all you took is PayPal, which means the transaction goes through eBay. Yep. And I ain't backing out of this. So <laughs> ship me my card. Uh, but what he was proposing isn't bad. You would pay $100 less, and right. he would make more money. And he would make more money. The, the problem is... Uh, but, I, but no, I mean, no, you don't... No. No. Uh, number one, you lose all uh, buyer protection when you do things like yeah. that. Uh, uh, secondly, because I'm an eBay affiliate, because I post affiliate links to eBay, especially when I find like good server deals and things like that, um, I make money off of that. And eBay eBay pays more than $100 a month to me uh, for sending transactions their way. So. Oh, well, then, yeah, you don't, you don't want to mess with right. that. Right. It, no. it, it's like messing with Amazon affiliate links. Oh, my God. That, it's, they it's, will. It's same level. They will. Oh. I, I get more money from eBay than I get from Amazon affiliate. That's not surprising. Right. Um, but, I mean, that's the level of transactions yeah. that I bring eBay. You know, I, I, find a good, I find a good deal on a server on eBay. It'll sell out in two days. Oh, really? And and yeah, and I get you know sometimes five and ten percent of each transaction. Wow. So there have been some really good deals on eBay. I guess Let me so. Tell you. Jeez, those are insane deals. Mm -hmm.
And you take advantage of it. I do. That's the best part. I, it, it brings out the bargain hunter in me that was already very much on the surface. And it makes me look even harder, which is fun. Do you find it difficult to track affiliate programs? Um, I kind of limit the affiliate programs that I deal with. Okay. Um, and so while I'm not maximizing the amount of profit I could make off of different link trees and things like that, at the same time, I don't want to bombard my user with, you know, 30 different links to follow. To, yeah. to, and so I do Amazon because everyone shops on Amazon, even if you hate Amazon. Um, <laughs> they hate shop. I, I do eBay and I do AliExpress and all three of those work direct. Um, I don't even have new egg affiliate links, which would seem like it's right up my alley because yeah, it does seem like it'd be right. They've, they've changed hands two or three times with different providers over the years. Oh, um, and has made it near. Oh, don't worry about us. Step on in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, they have made it nearly impossible to number one, make sure they're going to be a reliable source of income for you. Yeah. Uh, what happens when they on a whim decide to switch providers what happens to your previous eight months worth of links that you've given them? Oh yeah, you have yeah. to go back and and oh this is this is still available on Newegg, but I need to go back and change you know three hundred links to products. And you know changing that in three hundred different YouTube videos so easy. Oh, it's wow. great. There's so many awesome tools provided to us from Google for doing just that. So I limit it to direct link only. Okay. If you have an affiliate program, I will work with you. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, I also have a Kickstarter affiliate, although I, I don't do a lot of Kickstarter reviews. I will occasionally if it's a pro, if it's a company that I've worked with reliably in the past. Uh, I'm sure you understand the whole Kickstarter, especially with like 3D printers. Oh, it's it's awful. <laughs> well, okay, what, so what is promised, what is delivered, what is the customer experience? Well, from, from my side, we now have uh, established companies utilizing Kickstarter as a pre-order service, mm -hmm. and the. I don't have a problem with that, but what I have a problem with is Kickstarter's terms say when they get the money, there is there is no promise by them to deliver anything. Exactly. Like nothing. Like yeah. nothing. Like nothing. Yeah. There's there's no there's no reason like they uh, the big company could just hold on to the money forever and never deliver anything. Yep. And it and it, somehow it sucks because not everyone has, but some have, and yeah. that's how they have to do that. Yeah. Um, oh, you're in, good. Go ahead and step please, in, please, man. Please. Yeah. Podcast. We're in the where where what? Yeah, we're doing yeah, a podcast. We are. Yeah. Don't worry about we're it. Good. <laughs> we're in a live environment, man. Yeah. yeah. See, we're right right next to the game wall here. There's lots of really cool games. Stop, and people are coming by needing games. And it's like right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I it's gotten to the point where every Kickstarter that I do, um, I I make sure to field for at least a minute within my video the dangers of Kickstarter. And part, <laughs> part of that is to try to dissuade companies from using it as a pre-order system. I, uh, I typically say only invest in this Kickstarter, the money you can afford to set on fire. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. And I don't care if you've delivered a hundred great products before based on Kickstarter, it's still not a great method for doing it. Which means there is a vacuum in this area and a company could rise up yeah. and provide that sort of service. Right where there's actually customer support and guarantees and a little protection, consumer protection in this pre-order type space. But Kickstarter as a platform is a massive promotional tool. Yes. Yep. And there's no denying that. Yeah. Which is why these companies do it. They get the exposure they need to get to, to get their products pre-sold. 
Yeah. Like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But it would take lobbying to Kickstarter to change their terms. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason for them to. There's no reason for them to provide. People still throw money at these Kickstarters. Right. Yeah. 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 I know. Such a downer. I'm sorry. Don't mean to get the downer stuff. (laughs) Uh, Elmo points out NR1200 and Hive Zeus. Um, The Hive Zeus was a great product. The NR12000 was also a great product. Uh, So speaking of eBay deals that I've bought, reviewed, said yay or nay, please go buy these, you know, kind of thing, and provided an eBay affiliate link. Uh, The Hive Zeus was a one-use server that was a... C602 base, so it would be uh, Intel, Sandy Bridge, Ivy Bridge, so V2 and V3 Xeon, or V0 and V2 Xeon CPUs. Okay. Um, the server itself was a, a 1U box, included server rails for mounting it into your rack. Oh, okay. Um, was a half-depth server. It was only about this long. Uh, and so even if oh. you have a real short rack, it would fit. That's cool. Um, uh, it had... Four dim slots per socket. It was a dual socket board, so eight dim slots in total. Uh, included power supplies. Included motherboard. You buy your own CPU and memory for it. Uh, had two drive mounts in it, so you could add a couple of SSDs and have a nice little, you know, high performance compute node. This sounds great. One hundred and ten bucks. This sounds really great. Sounds really great, right? Yeah. So I bought like four of them. And, sure, as one and, would. And, and and you know, clustered them together and showed a bunch of projects with them. Um, I. I think last I tallied, I'd made about 12 grand in affiliate sales off of those servers. So like $400 investment, 12 grand from me eBay affiliate. That's amazing. Because I highlighted a phenomenal deal on a product. It got so good, the company that was selling those got in touch with me and sent me more servers. They're like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You just offloaded literally, you know, 8,000 servers from our inventory. Is there anything else you can help us sell? That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but then you get on that list, and then they expect you to hawk other things. Right. They're like, well, you know, I have sponsorship packages available. Right, right. Um, so I actually did reach out to one of the sellers that, that I had done that deal with, and I had found another server, and I went, if I announce the server, it's going to sell like gangbusters. Um, and what it was was a 2U server, so, you know, you're double thick. Yeah, yeah. Four node dual processor clusters. So there were four dual processor servers inside of this 2U box that took two power supplies. So you could have eight CPUs. Right, I mean, the terabytes worth of memory. That's, they that's wanted cool. $440. That seems like nothing. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. And so I reached out to them recently and I said, hey, this seems like a product that will fly off the shelves. I know my audience, this will fly. And, uh, they got back to me and said, we talked it over with our marketing team, and uh, we don't think we have enough in stock to be able to send you one and, and still make a margin on it. And so at this point, do I buy the server anyway and do the video, or do I stand my ground and say, you should have sent it to me, and now you have to sit on this? Like, where, where do I... As a content creator and someone who does like sharing deals, I almost just pulled the trigger and went like, well, screw you, I'll do it. Well, I do like cool stuff. But if I buy it, they'll never send me anything again because they know I'm going to buy it anyway and share their stuff anyway, and they're still going to make the sales. Yeah. So what would you do? 
I didn't buy it. Wow. Where are they now? Uh, they're still for sale. You can still buy them. Yeah. Yeah. It's because they didn't sell out. They didn't you sell didn't out. Buy it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, all, I didn't even ask. I, I said, can you please send me uh, the server itself? So $400 off their books. Um, I said, send me the cheapest eight core CPUs that you have, which are like $12 a piece at this point. Like, like, and, and they probably got them for pennies. Oh, probably. And, yeah. and so I, I said, send me enough CPUs to fill these out and maybe 128 gigs per server, which is another like 50 bucks. Okay. Per, per, per node. Yeah. And so I asked for like $700 worth of retail product, which I know they didn't spend that much. Had they sent that to me, I guarantee they would have sold out in two or three days. Probably. Of whatever stock they yeah. had. Yeah. They didn't send it to me. And so I said, all right, well, let me know if you have anything else. Have you thought about reaching back out to say like, we noticed you still have things in stock. Uh-huh. Here's my proposal. Yeah. No, I, I sent them a whole thing. Like, it was going to be like a two-video series because I wanted to show off the hardware. I also wanted to show off doing a 2U cluster. So clustering them all oh, together, yeah. doing a compute node with them, and, and like, having some fun. And, and they went, no, we don't think that's worth our time. All right. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. It makes sense, though. Yeah. So, well, unfortunately, that one worked out to be a business decision. Coffee and cynicism with a fiver. I used to go, I go high five. Yeah, high five. Fiver. That's a fiver. Joel, do you think that your QA background has impacted your approach to content creation on your channel? Uh, well, thanks for the question, coffee and cynicism. I, I really do think so. I think that even before that, I think my approach to information and problem solving is probably what got me directed towards a QA career. Sure. And then the QA career just built that up over time. And then now that I'm in content creation, then my natural curiosities and how I explored them from a, as a kid, then brought up through QA, definitely aids in not just content creation, but how I approach an informational exchange and, and being able to get it out there for others to consume. Um, but also, it speaks to how I do testing of product because when, when I get it, of course, I'm going to approach things in a prototypical QA, QC manner, you know, testing the bounds of things, the limits of things, the highs, the lows, mm -hmm. where can it, what can it do? Um, but also as a QA engineer, you, you realize that you can perform a few tests on things and infer a lot and still be correct. And I think some of that knowledge really applies well to 3D printing because there's, there's a lot of very similar 3D printers in the market today. And a few different tests on these can give you nearly all the information you need to know on whether or not they are different from the rest or not. There, so, there's only uh, so many yeah. manufacturers of NEMA stepper motors. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, of, of, you know, you can tell what are quality belts, what are not. Are they linear drives? Are they this? Are they that? And so, you know, from you get this feel as a reviewer in just about any space. From a glance, you can kind of go, that's going to be good or that's not. And then... From a spec sheet. From a spec, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you kind of can. Um, and so, you know, I said earlier, 
specs aren't everything and specs definitely aren't everything you can you can put some really high quality nema steppers with the world's worst qa you know linear rail and end up with a horrible 3d printer right yeah and yeah, and, yeah. and so just because it has a certain item or checks a box on your list doesn't mean it's going to be a good product and that's why we have testers that's why we do the things that we do um you know within this space but it's amazing though we're kind of at this point in time for tech in general mm -hmm. like they're putting out supers of the cards mm -hmm. like it's like you already you have a re you already have a really really good idea of how it's going to perform across the board like across yeah. the board yeah like uh, a, a manufacturer right now typically can just release a new version of a 3d printer and i have a really good idea of exactly what yeah. it can and can't do if if bamboo announced a large form factor printer and said 400 by 400 cube can you extrapolate the rest of the spec sheet from that no that's what's really curious now yeah. because they have a couple different motion systems now yeah. that are successful yeah. and they've got an xy they've got a voron they've got there there is no reason that a core xy motion system couldn't be successful at 400 cubed also there's no reason a 400 cubed build volume can't be successful in a Cartesian system with a bed with a bed slinger. So, um, yeah, we're at a really interesting time. We're at a really interesting time with Bamboo because they they obviously know what they're doing. There are they they have marketing on lock, and this this confusion around all the NDAs has only fueled fueled people's interest in this machine i thought about bringing it here and setting it behind us and just having it printing but, <laughs> we talked you know, about it didn't do it didn't do it um but uh it's tomorrow morning tomorrow morning at 6 a.m the new bamboo a1 will be for sale the price is stupid i i can't tell you what it is but it's stupid and there's going to be stock in warehouses and so if at six o'clock pacific tomorrow you buy the Bamboo Lab A1, you'll you'll get it before Christmas, is my guess. And MicroCenter will actually have them for sale in stores tomorrow. If you live near a MicroCenter, you can actually go and pick it up that day. So uh, because, it's gonna be it's be, gonna be interesting. Because I heard the price from Joel's mouth, I'm subject to Joel's NDA. <laughs> if I break NDA, I break Joel's NDA, and I'm not gonna do that to you. Better not. The price is Stupid. It's stupid. It's just stupid. stupid. It's stupid. Like, it's stupid. It's just so stupid. Uh, it's Boy in Space, says Nigel. Hey. What's up, Ben? It's Boy in Space. It's Boy in Space. T TikTok's It's Boy in Space. Yes, yes, yes. He has four and a half million followers on TikTok. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He lives close by. He yeah. would have come down if he could. Yeah. 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 Love you, Ben. There you go. Um, he was traveling in Brazil oh. doing some stuff for another company, and him and his wife hadn't made plans for Thanksgiving. Uh -huh. And so he got home with enough time for Thanksgiving, but she had made plans to work. She's a nurse. Mm -hmm. And uh, he loves turkey dinner, and they didn't have a chance to make it. And we had plenty at our house. And I was like, Ben, I'll be right up. So, you know, just drove up, and I yeah. threw some turkey dinner at his face. And, nice. And they had turkey dinner. There you go. Yeah, it was really awesome. Nice. It was really awesome. Anytime you get the chance to make someone's day happy with food you should ben says can confirm the price is stupid it's stupid it's yeah. the only yeah. it's the only adjective that accurately describes the price it's stupid it's so stupid it's so, it's, it's so 
so stupid. Like tomorrow, people are gonna. He's, he's showing me the printer. He's telling me the specs. I'm, I'm filming this video for him. I'm behind the camera yeah, in the yeah. video. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and uh, he said the price, and I thought he was missing a digit. <laughs> it's so. Stupid. I'm not it's kidding. Like, just remember, tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock a.m., when the price is revealed, 6 o'clock Pacific, yeah. 9 a.m. Eastern, yeah. uh, you're going to look at it and be like, what? That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Don't, don't, don't react. Planning on trying don't, to don't, get don't one, hoping for that, and they have them without the AMS. Uh, who is that? Techno, techno, vibrant, right? Yeah. Techno vibrant. Um, I cannot confirm that is the number. Yeah. Obviously, I know. I know that some people have posted that. Um, uh, I can't confirm that's the number. I've seen other numbers, and these other numbers are stupid. So, um, I don't know. It's let's see what happens tomorrow morning. It's stupid. It's it, it could be right. Like like <laughs> things things are in flux in bamboo land for certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh I, I I don't know if that is the price, but I know <laughs> numbers that I've seen are stupid. Yeah. And it'll be a really interesting time tomorrow at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm gonna buy one. I, I, I think I have to. I think you have to I at this I point. Have you have to at this point. Yeah. Like two hundred and fifty six millimeters cubed build volume, three hundred yeah. C on the hot end. ADC on the bed. I, I, I was telling him I have a... Uh, uh, I, I, I printed ASA filament by just clicking the print button. Right. And it reproduced a print-in-place model that worked. It was beautiful. It's, it's a print-in-place clock spring model in ASA in a non-enclosed. And it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think I have to. I, I was telling him my, my current workhorse 3D printer is a Prusa Mark 3S Plus. Which is still a fantastic machine. And, and, and I've modded mine to the hills and back. I've, I've got a, a Dragonfly 60-watt hot end. I've got a full enclosure for it. I've, I've done a couple other nice, tasteful mods to it. You can print ASA, too. I can print ASA as well. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to buy an A1. No reason not to. No reason not to. No reason not yeah. to. Especially with, you know, you, you make these uh, whiskey dice, you know, you laser them, yep. you've got your, uh, you know, your mugs and stuff like that. Anytime yep. you want to give a special gift, you can use the A1 with the AMS light to make a multicolor thing that you could give it to someone. Gift like, boxes. You know, yeah. gift boxes. Yeah, yeah, you, can, yeah. you know, you have this, uh, it could augment your offering. Yeah. I know it takes a while to print, but yeah. it could, but if you want to personally give it to Mach someone. Machine time is a consumable. Depends on how many machines you have. That's that's very true. I mean, you just throw enough machines at it; it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's stupid. Stupid. Yeah. It's just stupid. I can tell you, it's stupid. Cool. All right, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, any couple minutes? Any 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 burning questions? Burning what do you guys questions, want to know? Hot burning. Tanks, good of the order. Burning. Come on, let's get some yeah. burning questions in there. Uh, I can't read see. the chat. It's beyond uh, my ability. To uh, Mike says, uh, Jeff, when you said you were interested in a node server, I wish you would have been able to do the content because I like uh, I like node servers. This one was really cool. It was, like I said, it was a four node server. It was a an X ninety nine base, and so or no, no, it was uh, that was a Cascade Lake. X ninety nine is a motherboard architecture, right? Right, right. No, uh, I'm just I knew that. There you go. I, I knew that. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it might have been a Skylake base system even for $440 for a four node. So 110 bucks a node, four nodes in a box. Um, it was a really cool deal. It would have been an awesome, awesome deal. Um, the problem is the, the company that I was talking to, they're one of the largest recyclers, refurbishers that are out there. And I've worked with them before and they sent me stuff and it worked out financially for both of us. It ended up, unfortunately, having to be a business decision where I had to stick by my guns and go like, no, you guys need. And it's not like I was looking for a free handout. I was looking to, like, share something really cool that people could buy. Mm -hmm, like, that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I like. Well, Crosstalk's taking off. Hey, see you in February, man. Later. Let me know when you're up here. I might I might make the drive and uh, maybe we'll February. Make... Yeah. Yeah, you'll make that. Drive. Oh, yeah. You got a truck that works now. You see my truck. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. It's good. It's point space. When are we going for that robot dog walk together? Let's try to do that before Christmas, Ben. I need to bring my robot dog up in uh, in February. Uh, Joel Tony, would you consider going to an Australian event, Melbourne, when you make her fair in the future? That's from, oh, from Kren. Kren. Yeah. 100% yes. He's a good day, mate, buddy. Oh, he is a good day, mate. Yeah. 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 That's right. Macro's Brecky. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. I would, I would go there. I would 100% love to go there. I would 100% love to do it. PC Tech Hustle sends over five bucks. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, $4.99. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. <laughs> what actually is stupid is my knowledge of 3D printers. But hey, guys. Hello. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. Don't put yourself down like that. Yeah. Or, or did you mean stupid awesome? We, we always... Well, did you mean stupid awesome? I don't, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know this well person. Well, you're under NDA, so is it stupid awesome? Well, I, we're stupid? talking about this person. We're talking about the person. Oh, see, yeah, I, I, thought, about, yeah. I thought you were calling back. Oh. Okay. Oh, no, that's in the before time. Okay. Okay. No one uh, wants to hear about that anymore. We, we talked about, you know, sharing knowledge and, and sharing enthusiasm and passion earlier on, and uh, we all start with zero knowledge, and that's the really cool thing. And uh, so you might have stupid knowledge in 3D printers right now. Uh, follow this guy. Get some more. Learn up. I find that everybody has the capacity to learn a thing. It's just finding the correct way, the correct path to tell the story of the thing for everybody to be able to come on board. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to find the right path. You know? I think so. Not everybody can take the same path. Right. So you just have to find the right path. That's yeah. all. If everyone takes their own way. They take their own time to learn things or do, learn in different ways. Do, 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 do. That's right. <laughs> that was my every time i think about like walking the path you gotta have a disney like montage where right, you, know, right. the, you know the talking animals are actually walking to the destination yeah you got the hakuna matata with the head swinging back so, and forth oh the rest of your days <laughs> i'm there that's right uh hey pc tech hustle says following now uh pc tech hustle you are an amazing human i'm thankful you exist and one day I hope your life story is recorded in a hard-bound series of novels. Oh, that's high praise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ah, uh, let's say, can 3D printers print, print me hair for my head? I've seen yes. that lion in your studio. Yeah, absolutely can. Yeah, It'll yeah, be yeah. plastic and you can't comb it. Yeah. Uh, but you would style it with a hairdryer. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes. Myth confirmed. <laughs> you know, at a certain... At a certain thickness, plastic does become very soft. I mean, you got tennis balls that are basically PET or hips. 
tennis balls are, are the fuzz on tennis balls is made out of hips. Is it really? Yeah. That doesn't lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you could totally get, you know, silky smooth hair. It's just how fine is your nozzle? Don't ask me that in public. <laughs> oh, we were friends. <laughs> Uh, almost says, uh, Cosworth, there's not enough filament for that. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, I was just watching Kraft's video on gaming on Linux at PDX LAN and was hope, uh, and was hoping, uh, to find the video he mentioned on heavy metal and I accidentally clicked on this. Hey, Joel. Oh, hey. 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 Yeah. <laughs> A random Joel telling appears. <laughs> Surprise. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you're in my town. That's what we do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Jill going to MRRF in 2024? We call that Murph. Murph, yes. Murph. Yeah, I, I, Murph. I was going to say Murph. I thought it was Murph. Yeah. So uh, Murph stands for the Midwest Rep Rap Rep Festival. Rap. Yeah, that's right. So the one I was talking to you about in Denver yeah, yeah. is the Rocky Mountain Rep Rap Festival. That's right. You know what we call that? Uh, Armurf. Armurf. Remurf. 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 Yes, Remurf. Yeah, uh, Murph is in Goshen, Indiana. And okay. that, that is that is three hours drive from Chicago. Yeah, uh, it's a fun place. It's held in a county fairgrounds, like all these high tech. Like what was it? One year, what right before COVID, it was like 2019. There were 22 countries represented that people had come from. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Amish country, man. Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. horses and buggies and stuff. Yeah. Um, That's why it's a three hour drive from Chicago airport. It's true. Uh, let's see, where is that? Uh, G. Michael Bridge. Um, the plan right now is to attend. The Midwest Rep Rap Festival. Uh, I had a scheduling conflict last year and I couldn't make it. I'm hoping that doesn't happen this year. Uh, I love that place. I hope to make it this year, but we'll see. Uh, Weird Worlds Colliding. Met Joel at uh, Coulter's outside Murph a few years ago. Now he's in my craft computing. You got Joel Telling in my craft oh, computing. Oh, outside Culver's. I, I, I got craft computing in your in Outside your, Culver's. In your oh, Culver's, man. That's a good place. Yep. yep. <laughs> Slug Prince. I was at Murph in 2019. Cool stuff. Yeah, man. 2019. There was. 2019 was good. 2019 was. It was good. It was crowded. It was fun. Uh, Remember when we didn't have to worry about all this other stuff? 2019 was a good year. We didn't know how good we had it. 2019. It was a great year. That was the year yeah. I got my studio. Yeah. It was the year I bought the house I'm living in now. Look at that. Yeah. 2019 was a great year. It was a year. great year. It's a great year. Hey, maybe 2024 is going to be a similarly great year. It will have been five years. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, Slug Prince, the 3D printed RC racers. That's right. The, the open RC F1 cars. Oh, nice. They had the racers there. I actually printed a big one, uh -huh. six feet long. And um, I brought it there. Nice. I shipped it in a bunch of foot lockers and <laughs> showed up. And yeah, it worked out. Uh, the nut guy says something I can't repeat for $2. So I, I read the comments before they, before. Whoa. Yeah. Unrate is better than true Naz. Yeah. Jeez, man. What are you trying to do to him? Wow. Like, wow. I mean, I mean. It really is versus Ford, isn't it? Yeah. And someone says, hey, net guy, where is your 10G Unraid? <laughs> yeah, I've got an Unraid box, like 90, 96 terabyte. 
like 24 drives, all mismatched. I exactly. like it's. And and I just got done building them a big boy server. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It gets really warm in the summer. My unraid box, like yeah, yeah. like I get the warnings saying this disc is warm. Consider cooling it down. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Try. All right. Well, it is almost ten past the hour. I think that's a great place to call it. Hey, we had a good time, man. We had a good time. This we had was a great a lot time. Of fun. Yeah, this was a lot of yeah. fun. This was a good decision. Yeah, like I said, it, December shows. There's never a lot of news to talk about, let alone two no. hours worth of news to talk about. So, going out to a tap house and having a beer with a couple of friends—that's that's always a great way to spend a Wednesday. We should do this again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Well, we'll do that. We'll, Maybe we'll, I'll come to you we'll, next time. We'll get time. you down to me. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. way your SCI can break on the way. Cool. Bite your tongue, man. <laughs> Jeez. Why would you Why would you say that? It's an 06 STI that's been rallied. I know. I know. Uh, you, can't, you can't do that. I, I got a Nismo 350 at home 04, so I, I, I know the feeling. I, I'm, I did not. Oh, oh, should I tell you? Oh, should I be like, oh, I can't wait for the I, next time that I, breaks? I hope you throw oh. a rod on the yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get you down there we'll have a good time that'll be fun it'll work yeah yeah anyway thank you so much for watching episode 313 of Talking Heads join us every Wednesday night at 6pm Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already drop this video a like you know do all the YouTube algorithm liking things uh, Jill Telling, 3D Printing Nerd, tell yeah, us man. about your channel. Give, I'll give you 30 seconds. Go. Oh, sweet. Uh, so my name's Joel. I am the host of 3D Printing Nerd, a show that inspires and educates all while trying to have a really good time. We cover 3D printing in the additive manufacturing world from the really inexpensive consumer machines that you can get at Micro Center all the way up to the multi-million dollar machines that are 3D printing in exotic steel and titanium. We follow the industry from schools and STEAM programs to maker spaces to re uh, festivals and fairs all the way up to the big boy industrial shows and every place in between. You can find me and my crew and what we do over at youtube.com forward slash 3D Printing Nerd. See you there. Excellent. Uh, as always, that's going to do it for us. And uh, we'll see you next week. And Joel, high five. High five. Nailed it. Later, everyone. Here we go. I say you end and then you end. That's right. I end.